Hey guys, another podcast as promised. I'm sorry if it's a day late, but I'm going to try to do some solo ones too. I just haven't had the time. I'm knee deep in production. We're doing Bert the Conqueror and uh, trying to do stand up, getting ready for an hour special and uh, trying to be a dad and trying to be me at the same time and going to therapy and my back hurts. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, my back hurts. Oh, what a perfect place for a perfectly timed ad. Here we go. Listen to it. Um, my back has been absolutely killing me. Uh, we bought a bed, a really expensive bed, really expensive in like a store. So I didn't realize this, but you're paying for the guy's wages who works in the store. You're paying for the overhead of having the store. You're paying for the taxes and the rent on the store. So that's why this pet mattress was so fucking expensive because it sucked. It's, it was hard as a rock. And it sucked. And quite honestly, I've gotten used to hotel beds. I've gotten used to like, I, I we stayed in the Four Seasons recently, and their bed was like gold. And I was like, how do I get one of these beds? Cut to Tom Segura. Tom Segura is having the same problem, I think, as both because we're both fat. He introduces me to this mattress called Satva. Fucking next level. I'm telling you, as a man who has fallen off a waterfall, had back problems, this is the best mattress out there. And it's an online retailer, so you don't have to pay for the markup of the guy who is in the weird suit with the tie that has a donut stain on it, and he's trying to sell you a mattress, and he's like, come on, and then you're laying down. This is They've got a 75-day trial, so get this mattress. Go to smartbed.com. I think it's smartbed.com. Pretty sure it's smartbed.com. Is it smartbed.com? I'm almost certain it's smart, smarterbed.com. Go to smarterbed.com and get yourself a Satva mattress. I'm telling you, in the price point that you would buy in the store, they are already half as cheap because they're not on a store. They're online. They, they don't just drop it to you in a box at your front door. They install it. They take away the shitty mattress you've been sleeping on. Here's my theory on mattresses, everybody. I'm being dead serious when I say this. You spend half of your life laying down. That is the thing that will cause your longevity is your sleep. Your sleep is directly related to your longevity. Why wouldn't you spend? It's because people don't see it. That's what you think. You spend $50,000 in a car that you never drive, but maybe an hour a day. And then all of a sudden you're dropping, what, 100 bucks on a mattress, 500 bucks on a mattress, Get this bed, Satva Beds. Uh, the brand is S-A-A-T-V-A, but just to make it easier, their website's smarterbed.com, smarterbed.com. Go to Satva. Tell them you've heard about us. Tell them you heard about us on the podcast. At the very end of the checkout, select podcast. This is, I'm telling you, a grassroots campaign by one Tom Segura. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. But he's having sleep problems. We all have sleep problems because we all travel so much that we don't get used to one bed. Tom finds this bed. He hooks us up all with these beds. And now we love these beds. So go to smarterbed.com. Sapa mattress is kind of hard to spell, but it's a S-A-A-T-V-A mattress, M-A-T-T-R-E-S-S dot com. And check podcast right when you check out, okay? 
Go to smarterbed.com, check podcast at checkout. This helps track the purchases that were made through Tom and me and Ari and all the guys that Tom's hooked up with these mattresses. And, you know, quite honestly, uh, good products. If I if I find something cool, I send it to you. You know that. I just snorted snot down my nose. I tell you to try my first set of blood pressure medicine because my first set of blood pressure medicine was better than what I'm using now. Um, you, quite honestly, I like those shirts, Pilot and Captain. I hooked you guys up with Pilot and Captain with the discount. I still wear those shirts. I wear them on TV. I like Welcome Skateboards. <laughs> I like Nike SBs. I tell you the stuff I like, the shoes, they're really comfortable. If you spend a lot of time on your feet, get nice Nike SBs and get inserts. I get inserts with all my shoes. This is all, um, by the way, I'm, <clears throat> I'm marketing to people that, that are exactly like me because we all have the exact same problems. We're all overweight. We all have a hard time sleeping. We, I mean, me and all my friends travel. I'm on my feet. So, Satva Beds, check them out. Smarter Mattress, fuck that. So, Satva Beds, check them out at smarterbed.com. Tell them that we sent you by clicking podcast. I'm sure that was absolutely horrible. And you were like, really, Bert? Well, really, Bert, really. I don't even know if I edited that, if that's just the one where I'm overwhelmed, everybody. But I have a bunch of locked and loaded podcasts. This one coming up is, I saw you show uh, Best Burger. God, I'm going to screw it up. I think it's Best Burger, America's Best Burger. It's on Esquire. And he is absolutely fantastic in it. Um, he is on, from Sullivan's Son. He's a stand-up comedian. He is hilarious. He's one of my friends. And I love doing podcasts with this guy because he makes me laugh consistently. Today's podcast, Owen Benjamin. This is... Welcome back. Check one, check two. Yeah, perfect. Hello. It's an interesting topic of conversation because I was talking to my wife about it today. She's like, you need to... S- Let's see how I can phrase this properly without getting... Sounding like ungrateful. Yeah. He's like, you need to, you need to, um, you need to be working in LA, right? So, but both you and I know exactly what that means. Oh, okay, I need a sitcom or a fucking very big show if it's going right. to shoot in LA. But like, that's not what I do. I work on Travel Channel. Now, I'm well aware of like the trajectory of what it takes to get there, and I understand that I'm very grateful to have a job. Like I'm very like and like I don't think sometimes I don't think she understands how grateful we all should be that yeah. I have a job. Like I know so many guys that are so fucking talented that aren't working and aren't doing the road. And she's yeah. like, "We'll go back to the road." I go, "Yeah, but the road is dependent somewhat on TV. Like if you're on TV, then the road's a little bit better. But if you're not on TV, and I've been there, the road kind of sucks dick. And you're like, and and you're not in LA to audition. You're on the road. It's like I." It's people acclimate. People acclimate to wherever they're at. You know, it's like yeah. if it's. Uh, I think people have the same amount of stresses and pleasures, no matter where they're. It's just like the housing market that we're just talking about. Yeah. Where it's like if if your house rises in value and you're like, oh, that's great. It's like, well, so did every other house. So now you're getting the same house. Exactly. And <laughs> and but I think I, I think I don't know. It's I, I said to her like I, my goal has always been to work for Travel Channel. I want to work. For, I want Bobby Flay. Sat me down and he said, don't ever fuck this up. This is a great gig. You can do this for the rest of your life. They cannot have you on the air for a year. You still be on contract. And a year later, they'll put you in something. 
and they'll always want to go to you. You can be like a utility player. Yeah. That's, that's what he said he's been. He's been at the net, he's been at Food Channel for like 25 years. That's amazing. 25 years. Think about that. A solid deal. That that's that's winning the lottery in it, this business. It is. And you know what it is? Really honestly, and this is Bobby Flay talking, not me. It's not being an asshole. Exactly. It's being hey, they give you a call. Listen, say, I mean, this hypothetically speaking, he didn't say this, but someone gives you a call and says, "Bobby, you know, uh we got a big company that we're trying to do a deal with. It would really do a solid if we could go to your restaurant, have meals, you show up, maybe sit down with us, have a drink. Yeah. And Bobby Flay going, no problem. That, I'm not saying that that's what happens, but like that is kind of the way that, that, that networks work. We're tribal monkeys. Yeah. It's like if you're part of a tribe, it's like hook each other up, like be nice, like be on time, and then you'll just work forever. It's awesome. It, that is exactly what it is. And, I'm, and, I, and I think and my, that's been my goal. I want to be at Travel Channel. I've been there six years now. I want to be there for another fucking 30 yeah and i want to just be like i want to what i really want genuinely is i want to be famous i want to be like not i don't want to be famous but i want to be like famous only in the sense that you'd make a lot of money right famous like i don't want to be like fucking kim kardashian you don't want to be in the in the prison with golden bars right i want to be like (laughs) i want to be like recognizable like say like ray romano you know like he can probably hang out and do shit yeah but like and but still work for travel channel and people always go can you believe he still works for travel channel what a solid guy you know like like that like that's the move you're absolutely i think you're right about everything yeah and so uh, what's the drive to stay here why do you have to why stay here in this house? No, but I mean, like, why is why does she want you to? She wants me to because I'm not home a lot. That's the other. That's the catch twenty two is that when you work for Travel Channel, the travels and the job. Like you're going to travel. Like how many days a month are you gone? Twenty. Twenty five. I've had twenty eight. Really? I've had twenty eight days in a month. You want to know who else is like that? Uh, Vikings who were awesome. <laughs> You, you imagine back in the day when it's like, oh, we're we're gonna row to America yeah. to just get random shit and then row home. Yeah, and they were, they had to be cool with that. Yeah, it's I tell I keep telling her I go, hey, there are guys in fucking Afghanistan who haven't seen their kids in two years. Oh, I know, totally. I go, I'm doing the Comedy Zone in Jacksonville this weekend. It's like, <laughs> I mean, come out if you're there. But uh, that's way not as fun as, as you being on the travel channel. <laughs> it's and but then but I listen. I'm in Atlanta next week. Totally. So like it's part like the thing that makes it confusing is like if I just worked it for travel and travels channel said this. If I just worked for travel channel, I'd have a very doable schedule. I make a pretty good living. But by whatever fucking is wrong with both of us. We want to be doing stand-up also. It's the scorpion and the frog. You know that story, right? Uh-uh. Oh, this is the best. I always tell this to my girl whenever she... Because I have the same fight constantly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's a frog and a scorpion, and they're, and they're on a, in a pond, like on some rock, and it's, the water's rising, and, uh, and the frog's going to swim to the other side. And the scorpion's like, can I ride on your back? I can't swim. I'm a scorpion. And the frog's like, no, you're going to sting me. You're a scorpion. And he goes, dude, if I sting you, we'll both die because you'll sink and then I'll die. Why would I sting you? Just let me hop on your back. And the frog thinks about it. He's like, yeah, I mean, he is a scorpion, but if he stings me, we'll both die. Okay, hop on my back. So the frog's swimming, scorpion's on the back, halfway through you know, they're almost to the other side, and boom, the scorpion stings him. And as they're both drowning, the frog goes, why would you do that? He goes, because I'm a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking scorpion. Yeah, he's like, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, and it's like, sometimes, like, uh, 
my girl will be like, well, you, why are you home at 1.30? You didn't even get paid for tonight. I'm like, it's comedy juice. Yeah. And it's like, but you didn't make any... You did, I go, it's it's an honor. I shared the stage with boom, boom, boom. I go, this is what I do. Yeah. This is me. I didn't start this for cash. You know, it's like, this is like... T- you know, I did a show the other night with Bill Burr, Jim Jeffries, and Gene Simmons at... at uh, downtown Skyler Stone put it on it was one of those comedy rock shows holy shit yeah and I was late you know my girl's awesome I don't mean to make it seem like she nags me but there's 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 a time at night where after a certain point you know the hackles go up it's like a dog like the hack you know it's like something's coming so I come home and she's you know she's just like why couldn't you have I'm like I was on stage (laughs) with Gene fucking Simmons (laughs) like I'm not I'm like I just have to do that yeah, and and, I, and in their defense, I get it. We're fucking maniacs. Yeah, you know, just maniacs. But it's like it's still fun. We're I good should, guys. I told her. I said, yeah. She goes, why wouldn't you just come home right after that? I said, but I'm already in Atlanta, and I can do the weekend there. So, like, and she was like, but wait, like, do it, wouldn't you rather be home? I go, no, I totally want to be home. And if I didn't have Atlanta booked. I'd be home. Right. And she's like, we'll just cancel Atlanta. I go, you can't do that to clubs. No, you like, can't I already do can't, that. I already cancel enough. Right. Like, and she's like, and like, but I, like, the way my brain works is I start going, like I'm looking at my tour dates. I'm looking at my travel scandal, channel schedule and I start plugging in tour dates. Of course. And I go, well, fuck, I'm going to be in Portland. They don't have a, they don't have, or Seattle, they don't have a Sunday show. I should do a Sunday show there. And then, so I'm like, I write an email and then they're like, they're like, my, she's like, wait, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm already going to be I'm going to be gone. I should be doing stand-up. She's like, no, you should be getting a good night's sleep and getting rest and working out in the morning. And I'm like, oh, that's not this animal. <laughs> We're all about efficiency. Yeah. I'm working on a bit about that, about how men show affection with with uh, uh, utilities, like things that matter. Well, that's coming from my point of view. <laughs> but yeah, like- I always do that. I go, I go you know what I notice about women? And then someone stopped me and they're like, wait, you mean your wife? And I go, that's it. I yeah. mean my wife, not women in yeah, general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, like we're like uh, – you know, a girl could be like, did you go to Jared? It's like, no, I went to Wells Fargo to keep us fucking alive. <laughs> like, we show affection with resources. Yeah. And they want, like, a laminated maple leaf from a walk in the park or something. And it's basically, like, essentials and non-essentials. Like, they, they think it's it's wonderful for something to not have a meaning besides love. But Okay, so what is this? And we're this the thing? opposite. So what is this? Like, my wife loves, uh, loves, for me, if I'm on the road to send her a postcard. And I go... Yeah, but I don't, I don't think – I would never think to buy exactly. you a postcard. No way, yeah. And then buy a stamp and there's so much fucking trouble. Why don't I just call you? She exactly. Goes, well, and she goes, well, yeah, but it means a lot. When I get a postcard from you, it means a lot to me. And I go, yeah, but what you're doing is you're telling me to do something that means nothing to me. Nothing. Like if it meant something to me. Right. And it was like like our thing. Like every time I saw a fucking owl, I bought it for her. <laughs> And then and then I mailed it. Right. Sent, like that would be our thing. But my thing isn't postcards. That's your thing. Go get yourself some postcards. Yeah, and then like, it's like, oh, if we're just doing things for each other, I want threesomes. <laughs> like, you, you want to talk? I just, I just cracked my back. I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're are doing we just, things for ourselves. I want threesomes. Oh, are we just talking about what we want or what we want as a team? Because I know threesomes are bad for the team, but it's like. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'll get you postcards. Are we talking about what we want? threesomes hey did you get hey did you get really high on the getting dug with high yeah i fucking love that episode and i never i never really smoke weed and so but if you're gonna i mean if you're gonna smoke weed you you were pot committed 
committed. You, you walked in going, oh, we're going deep. We're going way deep. You know, even even when they were just talking, I was like smoking way more. I was smoking as much as I could. <laughs> How high did you get? To the like really like really high to where I couldn't answer simple questions. Did, like did, he was doing log lines that 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 Biddy does about uh, log lines of movies that we that we were like in, and I didn't yeah. know what they were talking about. <laughs> I love that. Like the the House Bunny one, I was like, I don't know. And he was like, you're fucking in it. Oh, wait, House Bunny. Yeah. I remember House Bunny. I was the butler in that movie. Yeah, wait, who was the who was the bunny? Uh, Anna Ferris. Fuck yeah, you were in on I remember that. Yeah, I was the one who got his nipples, uh, you know, my nipples were sensitive and I, 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 yeah. I was pretty high when I watched it. Yeah, no, being high is cool. I think being high is like a fun balance. You got to like balance it because I would lose all ambition. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things that if you start, it's really fun if you don't do it all the time. Right. If you do it once in a while, it's like, it's fucking really fun. But if you do it all the time and I think sometimes you get numb to it. I don't know. I don't I have do a similar time, relationship so. with Adderall. Where it's like Adderall. Dude, Adderall is so fucking great. It's the best. It's like, okay, like I, I have to learn classical music and shit, so yeah. I rock some Adderall. I'm learning a, a Beethoven song in a fucking afternoon. Like, I'm di- I'm an X-Man. I'm dialed in. Like, I have a new super force. But if I do that every day, I just become, that's just me, and I just am always pitching, like, business ideas to everyone. Like, it's almost like this cleaner, less annoying cocaine in a way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was prescribed it, which doesn't really mean anything, but it's the same with weed. It's like the weed, I think Adderall boosts your ego so that you can, like, learn skills, and weed takes away your ego, so you just become, like, one. Weed weed takes away your ego. Yeah, and it's like, I wouldn't want to be either, but I like using both those things to help me artistically in, in my life. Yeah, I, weed destroys your ego, and I, I remember when totally. because at like 14, when I thought I was the cat's pajamas, and I thought it was cool as shit, and we all smoked pot for the first time, I got humbled, and I went, okay, I'm a little boy, and I'm scared, Yeah, and I'm really fucking high right now, and I just want to call my mom and tell her I'm high, Yeah, and I ended up not doing it, thank God, it would have been a fucking <laughs> nightmare. And you write different shit high versus Adderall, like, high, like when I was high, I wrote a joke where I was like... I was like, don't stress about life. Julius Caesar took over the whole world. What did he get? A salad. You know, like shit like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Those are high thoughts. Yeah. And then Adderall, like comedy, is like, I'm going to deconstruct how race exists in America. You know, <laughs> when, when you're trying to like figure out a puzzle. Yeah. And, and weed is more like you're trying to, it's like, where's your place in the universe? And it's typically pretty small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always one of those things where I like, I, I've, I've only done stand up high a couple times and it's always one of those times where you're like i'm thinking in paragraph form about a simple concept and i can't get there right like i got the i got the whole sentence and i know the words are there i can see the words i can't read them really but then like and i've only done uh i've, only, I've never done stand up on speed i don't think on adderall yeah. you've never done stand up on adderall no i see, my dad I, was my dad was addicted to uh speed for a while because he was there was a doctor prescribed it and said this is to help you lose weight and it, he fucking shredded weight. My dad had no, he had no clue of speed. He had no fucking clue of speed. Yeah, I have a like a one p.m. rule where I never take Adderall after like one because. Oh so, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, because Adderall's Adderall's like a nine a.m. fucking let's start this day. My buddy Paul's on this stuff. God, pro, not pro vigil. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. He's on this. Uh, it's not Cialis. That's a boner drug. What? What's the? He's probably on that too. <laughs> right now, Paul's killing me. He's like, dude, what are you telling everyone to do? Fucking no, He's there's c- one. I tried it one time, and it's wicked strong. Oh, 
It's um, like it's like focus machine. It is. He would get it, and his hands would be sh- shaking, oh, yeah, and dude. his knees wouldn't work. And he would like, but it was like he'd take it when we pulled like a bender all night, and he'd be like, "Get up in the morning." He'd be like, "Want to pop one of these? Take a fucking yeah." Oh, I wish I could remember the fucking name. It's gonna come to me, but I've never taken one of those. I get scared because I, my, I was taking my dad's speed for a while because he gave me <laughs> something. He's like, "Buddy, cut weight. This is how you cut weight." <laughs> this is how you cut weight. I, but I didn't know it was speed. Like it was. We came home on a on a on a Thanksgiving or a Easter. And I was hungover. I drank on the flight home. It's like yeah. fucking 10 in the morning, 8 in the morning, whenever whenever you get in. And from New York. I was almost certain I came from New York. And my dad was like, I was like, I'm fucking beat. And he goes, buddy, take one of my pills that wake you right up. And I was like, really? He goes, oh, I take one in the morning. I sit at my desk for five hours and I work. And I was like, really? He goes, oh, I get a lot done. So I take one and I'm like. Oh my god, he's doing speed. <laughs> it's that five hour energy. Take one. It's called five hundred hour energy. It's pretty like, cool. He said, "Cut your appetite in half." I was literally <laughs> peeling a grape to eat it because I didn't want the skin. Like I was just like, "That's it was, amazing." You had the focus to peel the grape, and then you could eat the grape. Then you're like, "One grape's good." I'm, my mouth, I wanted to be dry again. I want a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, see, I can. Have, that's why I can't be a regular Adderall guy because around people, I start everything with I. I'm oh. like I just uh, I just I just got into wood. Is anyone whittled? Oh. You know, you just start everything is like where do I fit into what someone's talking versus weed? It's like I just want to listen. I say nothing. Yeah, and then booze is my favorite because then you're booze. just like I beer. You want a beer? Yeah, I love a beer. Um, I have really good beer too. Um, yeah. The uh, what was I gonna say? Um, talking about your dad's feet. Oh God, there's this girl. <laughs> on the, we went that Easter. It was, went to my buddy Chris Gillen's house, and there's this girl. I wish I could remember her name. I don't, she was like. Dude, she was maybe like 30 years old. Yeah. And I'm so high. She's standing. Uh, so you know how a tree would go like like one branch this way, one branch this way, and the root right, the stump right here? Yeah. And she, so it's like that. And I go up and I corner her. I put my hand on one branch and I stand up and I go, you need to get pregnant. <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm high. That's and my amazing. Buddy Chris, my buddy Chris Gillum was sitting there and he goes, wait, what did you just say to her? I was like, what? She's getting older, right? Am I wrong pregnant. about this? No, I think that's a good call. Yeah. You got to start making a count. That's what Vince Vaughn always calls it. Vince Vaughn. It's like the difference between having sex for a kid versus not having a kid. He's like, <laughs> he's like baby, when are you going to start fucking making it count? Because it's like, <laughs> what, when are you going to keep doing all these fucking dress rehearsals? <laughs> these dress rehearsals. Like you got to make it count. Oh. Have you had this apple cider vinegar? Uh, no. Is it just vinegar? <sighs> yeah, it supposedly helps you lose weight. Really? Can I have a sip of this? Uh, it's really strong. So what do you do? Just drink it? It's vinegar. It's drinking vinegar. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely just straight up vinegar. It's just straight up fucking vinegar. Yeah. Why, are you trying to drop pounds? <laughs> Badly. Really? Yeah. Right now, I'm at 21,000 steps. Oh, good. Yeah, but I ate a buffalo burger. My heart rate's 89, which is probably a little high for sitting down. 10 miles, 3,200 calories so far today. Good for you, bud. Yeah, I went, I go, I just walk everywhere. It's called, Joey Diaz calls it the DUI diet. (laughs) He's like. Yeah, I've been putting on because I got really into ice cream lately. Oh, Talenti, Talenti ice cream. I eat a I eat a pint at night, dude. I went through a phase right when right when Leanne and I moved in together. I think I want to say 
We, right when Leanne and I moved in together, and we would make Sundays, and we were trying to make the best Sunday. Oh. It was like you had a little extra money, you weren't rich or anything, but like right. you could buy like extra couple extra toppings, and we would make ultimate Sundays. And then she, Leanne's really smart with movies, and she would she'd play me movies I've never fucking seen, and I'd be like, I'd be like, what's this? She's like, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and I was like, I've always heard about that. Fucking this is uh, Johnny Got His Gun. And then she told me the story of the fucking guy who wrote all wrote Spartacus and yeah. like I don't know. That sounds like heaven. Yeah, I I, I always I'm always gonna battle with food and weight and stuff because when I was a kid, my dad, like our special thing, he'd be like, Don't tell your mom, but we'll go to Taco Bell. And so I always associate, you know, like naughty treats with like father love. Yeah. So you know, I think I'm always going to have that. That's why I got so into podcasting and listening to podcasts and stuff, because that's how I exercise. It's the only thing that fucking motivates me is like giving my brain fuel because music wasn't cutting it. I needed to like listen to like you or Rogan or Burr, like audible books. I just needed my brain to, to expand. I just started with the audible books. Some of them are amazing. Awesome. Thanks, pal. Cheers, Bert. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me over again, man. Well, you texted me and I, I was. You texted me when I was listening to your "Getting Dug with I." Oh no way! And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah!" And it was or maybe maybe we'd already texted, and then I got another one, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And I was like, "That was such a great one." I love Craig Robinson. Craig is so funny. He's so funny, but he's but the thing that's interesting about him, and I've only I've only really met him maybe five times, but every time I see him, he remembers me. And I'm he's like, he's smart as fuck. I yeah, mean, he he's really sick at the piano. We used to. Back in oh, the that's day, right. we used to play piano till like six in the morning. There, like when we the improv years ago, uh, it would be like me and him and Swartz and all these guys. We would stay there. It was just this island of broken toys, where all these dudes we'd all just hang out and jam music till the sun came up. I miss Swartzen. Swartzen's the best. I haven't seen I don't see anyone anymore. But man, he was one of the he was one of the few guys like that. I when I met him, uh, I was working the door and he was probably like at the Boston Comedy Club and he was probably already passed like he was so good so quick so f- young yeah and he was in like a barks root beer commercial and uh he came up and i was like i was in my head you know you every ego's attached to a lot of things in life and especially stand up especially when you work in the door and you're watching people younger than you walk past you right and he walked up and he goes hey do you like uh oh, what was the what was the band what were the noel gallagher's band oh, he's oasis like, he's like do you want, like oasis and i was like yeah and he goes yeah i just saw them I was like, really? He goes, this is like the best concert of my life. You know, Nick? And I, and I was like, really? He's like, dude, like, like, what's your favorite song? And then we just started talking like two children, like about music, like Amazing. two kids. And we had the best conversation. I was like, I'll see you later, man. And then I fucking come out to L.A. and he's in L.A. And it was like one of the first people that I really like. You didn't, there wasn't a competition with. He never no. had that. He never had a competition in his Never. Head. He may say he did. I'm sure everyone's going to go, oh, well, I did. You know what I mean? But I'm saying like. I never saw it because he, for him, it was always like, it was always like he kind of knew what he wanted to do. He's on a different level. I mean, he's he's one of my best friends for ten straight years. I opened for him everywhere. He's he's so kind. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys. Like, there's some people that are, you know, out here for the fame or money. I mean, he loves money, loves fame. I'm not saying that, but it's like the art of it and just. Just that zone that we would get in partying. He loves partying. Yeah, and just people. He just, he's awesome. Him and uh, him and my, my buddy Eddie still talks about him. Like he's used as a day. He used to tell that story about it's great hanging out with your grandmother because you can do things that she can't do, and oh, she yeah. thinks you're like a superhuman. Nicholas, 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 can you grab this gallon of milk? This gallon of milk, <laughs> Grandma. You should fight crime. <laughs> 
No, I wouldn't have a career without him. Not that nothing. He taught really? me stand up. Yeah. yeah. He he was one of the guys that I felt there was a group of guys that I to this day um I don't know. I just it was fun to talk to. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. It's very, it's very fucking loaded. But like it was like you just had a lot of similar shared experiences and you could go to and kind of bullshit with and you and then you didn't feel like it, it was like you didn't feel like you were crazy. You know, like uh, fucking hard to explain. I don't want to get. No, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. It, like you could have that calmness where you could just be yourself around them. Because yeah. this industry does have a lot of that like what's going on, which means what are you working on, which means. <sighs> You know, I mean, it gets really exhausting. I, can I tell you something? I, I talked to. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to. I don't want him to think that I didn't respect what he was saying to me. Right. Because because I, I like this guy a lot, and we don't. But we don't talk a bunch because we're in very different lifestyles. And and I had a ton of shit going on in my career at the time. Right. I had like, fucking a deal at NBC. I had a TV show on the air, and I had a possibility of another show, and I, and. And I was and, my, and I was finally selling tickets, and I went. Oh, and my book was coming out. Wow! And so I was. I walked up. We were at a commissary on on a on a lot somewhere, and he walks up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, what's what's going on?" I was like, and I thought to myself, it was the only time I've ever done this. By the way, I thought, should I tell him all the stuff going on, or should I just say nothing? Right. Like, just say nothing, Bert. Like, what? Do you, you're not going to prove. It's not like you're going to feel good about yourself if you tell him everything going on. I go, I had nothing. He goes, nothing? I go, yeah, nothing. He goes, you doing nothing? I said, nothing. And he looked at me and he said, hey, man, if you need help, like, with sobriety, here's my number. And I went, oh, fuck. I should have just told him I have a fucking deal at NBC. Oh, I have a, I have a total... My mantra's always just, if, even if it sounds like the biggest brag, just honesty is the best move. It, it really is. Because I, I faced that with piano as a kid. Because I was, that's one probably my only real talent in life is piano and partying. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you like, and Liberace. <laughs> yeah, like, see, I was. Yeah, if I was gay, I would be Liberace. If, like, one of my talents was BJs, giving and receiving. Dude, what did I say to someone? Uh, uh, oh, fuck. I was just sitting with my wife and all her friends and all the guys. And I was like, I got stuck in an elevator with two two gay guys one time. This was a long time ago, so it sounds hateful. It was back when that was okay to be hateful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was like it was probably like twelve years ago, and uh, I got stuck in the elevator with two gay guys in our building that lived in our building. This is my wife and I just moved in together, so it was probably thirteen years ago. Yeah, and uh, we get stuck in the elevator, and they're like, "Ugh!" And I went, "Yeah," and I go, "Too bad I'm here, huh?" And one of the guys goes, "Excuse me," and I was like, "Well, you guys could be going at it." And he was like, "That's not how it works." And I jokingly said, "Well, I guess you read the wrong manual." And <laughs> That and, still holds up. That's yeah. hilarious. And so and so and I as soon as I said it, as soon as I thought it all, I went said it all. I went all right. That's there's going to be a joke. And then um, and then my wife's like, that's not. That I'm telling them the, this the other night, and I go, that's not how it works. I go, well, just for the record, it would be how it worked if I was gay. Oh, like, of course, if I was gay. I go, you have no many ideas how many you have no idea how many times I'd be walking out at clubs sucking a dick at the buzzer like <laughs> uh, before I go. <laughs> I know it's like that's not how it works. Oh, so you've never been to twenty four hour fitness? Yeah, that is how it works. It's a BJ train. Oh, I mean, like, and I think that that I mean, like, and I'm sure that I'm sure that you can. There's also people that just fall in love, but like, if I could fuck the thing I want to fuck easier, if it was just easier, yeah. and I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that it's super easy if you're gay, but it's a lot easier than trying to figure out a woman. There's something called cruising where they yeah. can just walk around and just get BJs. Yeah. 
I mean, if you just look at look at the extremes, look at gay men and lesbian women. Lesbian women, their house is like tons of knickknacks. Everything has value. You know, yeah. it's like, and then it, 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 it's not based on like scissoring. It's not like constant scissor references. <laughs> and then you go to a gay, on scissoring. you go to a, you go to a gay house with it's males. It's not based on scissoring. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like rarely, like, like gay dudes will make a lot of jokes about sex and BJs and stuff. They do it yeah. a lot. They're like, oh, I mean, I mean, he does, he's packing, you know, they're constantly doing dick references. Yeah. Lesbians rarely are constantly talking about giving each other cunnilingus. <laughs> you know, it just isn't. Steve Byrne, I, I don't know if he's doing the joke yet, but basically about like, oh, women, oh, women like had as much as men. It's like, do you think, do you think Hillary would throw it all away? Like build it? You know, it's like <laughs> a woman. Would in, throw it all away. Right. Like what name one woman in power that fucking would be like, oh, I'm really sorry. I just had to get my pussy licked. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. Right. Yeah. Just fucking toss it all away. Yeah. Burn. Every fucking. But it's it's not it's not so much gay men. It's just men. Men. Yeah. You just double it. Yeah. And that's why you go to a male house. It, there's no knickknacks. It's not that like you got to come home stuff. It's like, no, work so we can get more marble. And Tommy Lee's had got the fuck swing set in his bedroom. Totally. Like my, my wife helped design Matthew Perry's house. Yeah. Uh, she was the foreman on the construction job and he had a totally sex room. Yeah, because famous and rich Supposedly. dudes can almost famous rich dudes can almost be like gay dudes. Yeah, that's like the deal. Oh, because then women react like how gay dudes react to each other all the time. Yeah, because <laughs> it's I I told her I said I I go yeah I'd be sucking dick I I would I would because if there was women that would just if I was single me you know like if I was single and yeah. there was women that let me just go down on them I'd probably go down on a lot of fucking chicks. Yeah, I and it's and it's almost like and it's almost like gay couples have an odd okayness with infidelity sometimes like they'll be upset about it but they're like yeah frank had to fuck that twink when we're on vacation <laughs> you know and it's like you if it was a heterosexual couple you're fine like that would be insane that would be I, guess, World War- I wonder if the, i don't i've never met it i've never i need to ask more of my gay friends about that like because i wonder i want to call one right now you should what did i do with my phone oh my phone's in the fucking i'm making ribs Nice. The uh, I come home for one week, and so we line up all the shit that I've wanted to do while I've been on the road. Yeah. And one is use my Green Mountain Grill smoker. I feel honored that I'm here. Oh, dude. Oh, fucking having beers. Everyone should be over here around five. Oh, uh, f- awesome. Well, my, my my wife's friends and her kids, their kids. But uh, but uh, yeah, it's I I I said, oh, the joke I'm telling on stage is I think I would have been gay had they pitched it differently to me, like <laughs> because I I. Like when I I'm being dead serious when I say this, so I don't I know on stage you can say things and those things taken away, but like on, on a podcast it sounds a little more like a like a manifesto. Yeah, because with the with the laughter, people are like, oh okay. No, everyone just yeah. goes. <laughs> and so, um, but like when I I heard when I found manifesto. out manifesto <laughs> when I found out about homosexuality, it was my uncle Joe. Yeah, who, and it was like 1983. I want to say right when AIDS hit, right. and he was like. He was like, oh, yeah, you know what gays do, right? And I was like, no. He's like, they butt fuck, they get AIDS, and then they die. Jesus. And I was like, whoa. That's a bad like, pitch. That's a bad pitch. <laughs> that wouldn't do well on Shark Tank. <laughs> Can I use that? Yeah, of course. Oh, fuck. That won't do well on Shark man. Tank. Oh, my phone is in here. I'm calling my gay friend. And so, and so, uh, that's funny. Uh, she just called me. That's so fucking crazy. Dude, that's how the universe works, man. That's so fucking crazy. Anyway, um, so 
so then I said, I said, if you had told me, you know, like, hey, man, you like blowjobs, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, all right, now we're talking about it. Like, uh, want to be able to dance and no one will say a fucking thing to you? Yeah. Like, like, as a straight guy, you can't, you can't dance. You can't just start. There's so many upsides to being gay. There's so many upsides. There's so many positives. Oh, dude, I've, I've, I was kind of workshopping a bit that you can have because your whole premise, it works with this. I, it was more like just like tweet short thing, but. Dude, do a bit where it's if you're gay, you can uh you can date someone your size and double your closet. Uh, <laughs> that's in the that's in the wheelhouse, <laughs> dude. It's like because my, my line was uh uh I, my line was walk around the bar going thirty six thirty. No way, you do that thirty six thirty thirty six thirty thirty six thirty thirty eight thirty. Nice, that'd be good for fun that's for Sundays. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Get uh, what is it called? Leave the closet to double your closet. That's a great fucking dude. That's yours because um, you already do it anyway. So 36, fuck, 30, I had no idea you were doing that. And I always say I date Tom Segura just for his clothes on Sundays when we watch football. That's like genius. This sloppy. Fucking... I can't believe we had that thought. <laughs> it's it's. I think it's it, you know like I really genuinely believe in parallel thinking because we're all totally. kind of living the same thing and witnessing the same thing. Yeah. And I but it's, and I think that I think there are cases of thievery. Right. I just oh. think it's a way more rare than people think. I think it's a lot more rare, and I think. These days, and I think Rogan's done a great job to extinguish it. Yeah. Meaning, like, a lot of people are afraid of getting caught. Yeah. I'd be scared of Rogan. I've still heard of people, still heard of people doing it that are notorious for it. That, and I've, and I go, and I'm like, I can't imagine that feeling. I, I think about this. I've thought about this often. What it feels like to be a thief. Right. And then to wake up in the morning and go, what if I get found out today? Oh, the worst. That's why it's easier to not cheat on your chick. Yeah. Because it's just easier to not have to think about that. Yep. You're putting... Like, forget about morality. Just just don't, like... That's just so much... It's like a processor on a computer. It's like having eight programs open. <laughs> it's like, just don't even worry about that. Just don't... You can just oh. be pervy and whack to porn, you know, be a fucking animal. But, like, once you start maintaining all that shit, you're dead. Dude, speaking of porn, have you been following this Jared Fogel shit? Oh, yeah. He is... Like I like I in my head I was like there's no way this guy's a fucking pervert. So I see I, I was yeah I thought he was definitely a perv. Really, I've always thought he was a perv. Really, yeah. All those like super queen cut corporate vibes. I mean, I, I always I always see that. I'm like when the people are just a little too. Oh, I thought I because my cousin had this happen to him. Someone in his office. Was do, using child pornography, right. like looking at child pornography. It's my cousin's company, and they fucking came and and I want to say my they came in to my to my cousin's office and arrested the guy right there. And the guy yelled something at my cousin, like "fuck you," because he thought my cousin ratted him out. My cousin had no fucking clue. Right. Then they started investigating my cousin because it's his company, so all it was all his browser, yeah, his thing, of course, and so. My cousin was like, dude, it was scary. Like, they when they take your computers, you're starting to think to yourself. Not, I mean, my cousin would never look at child pornography. Yeah. Like, what do I, what have I. Has someone, was someone 17? What, what, yeah, like, what has been in it? And then I, start, right. I started thinking the other day, I was clicking on porn, and how many times have you just kind of perused by on your, and I don't even know if I've ever clicked on it, but like, a uh, young teen or whatever, like, and you're like, it, that was, that was a buzzword for a while. Like, yeah. what was it, what was it, uh, um, barely legal, right? That's like it a, is. That's a whole company. Barely legal. That's like a yeah, whole. It's a whole company. It's a genre. Barely legal, <laughs> and that's a genre. Is right. Yeah, and it, that's why you got to stick with the uh, with the top ten. That's one of the. That's one of those. Porn's one of those things where stick with like Fortune five hundred companies. Dude, I go to red. I go to RedTube. 
So, because I figure, I figure there's nothing I could ever click on there that's illegal. Like just you know, yeah. like like curiosity. Like just click and then so whatever comes up comes up. Yeah, and it, like you're never gonna see like it, you, it's pretty much uh, meat and potatoes. Yeah, of porn, you uh, porn, red tube, and those are my two, and Pornhub. Yeah, because I I have a deviant nature for sure, but like fortunately mine swings the other age group. I'm way uh, more milfy and me too. Yeah, for me it's more like chicken control. Yeah, like I don't like the whole chicken like control. Yeah, like more no chick in control oh. like. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to watch chickens. Like, Chicken control, close female nude male. It's a new subgenre of porn. Yeah, like uh, CF. What is that? Close female nude male. CFNM. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna. Where it's basically don't, like. Don't a, let me forget what I'm about to share with you, which is my new obsession. What Keep is going. it? Oh, so oh, before I oh my my last day was uh, I'm six seven. So if I was gay, my boyfriend would probably end up black, and I'm not comfortable with pinstripe purple suits. <laughs> That was like the end of it. Okay. Because black dudes are always really tall. I'm like, we're the only tall white people this side of fucking Norway. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, clothed female nude male because the dude is typically the one being used, and that's more my thing. Really? Where it's like, oh, you want to you want to peep, little perv? We'll show you. And it's like five chicks just jerking a dude. Oh, yeah. I see, see what you're saying. For me, it's like not as much. Like if it's like some young girl that like – Think she's auditioning for something and gets manipulated. That's a boner killer for me. Yeah. I'm I, like, no, fucking send her to college. I feel bad. My heart breaks for the girl because I go, oh, because I've been in those scenarios that like spring break wet t-shirt contest where the girl's on stage and everyone's yelling, take it off, and you watch her take it off, and you know she doesn't want to, but she's yeah. doing it because she can't. She's like, it's the same way I fucking fucking take my shirt off on stage, probably. But like, but that is like, so I, yeah, those bum me out. Um, I don't like anything Russian. I can't get into those. Like, same here. Call it ethnocentrism. Yeah, but I just don't fucking. I don't. It just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like. Doesn't seem like the girl ever knows about it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just I've seen hostile. Yeah, like, I know there's some weird shit going on over there. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm into. Like I said the other day, to, we were at. I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't give a fuck. Anyone listens to it, doesn't. I don't give a fuck. Um, we're at drop off. We're dropping off our kids, and it's like a bunch of the like Isla's in fourth grade, and George's and now in in sixth grade. So I've been at the school for like fucking six years. Yeah. So I said to the bunch of the dads, and there was a couple moms there. I was like, "Is it just me? Are the kindergarten moms hot as shit this year?" <laughs> and the moms were like, "Ugh, that's disgusting." And the dads are like, "I know, right?" And I go, "Do you think they look at the, like the fifth and fourth grade?" dad's like now that's stability like he doesn't want to be a rock star anymore <laughs> he's settled down and and uh and we all started laughing and then i started thinking that is my my like what i find hot really honestly is like moms like i'm into like oh totally i'm really into like but not milf like creepy older porn star that just is simply an older porn star right now like ma like like I, having sex with my wife i think it's sexy yeah. when a woman's got some uh, some some uh, shrubbery in the front yard. Her, her she's not really uh, curb ready. Cur- There's no curb. You know what I mean? Like I'm not fucking what I'm trying to say. You ready for the thing that is? Yeah. The oh new yeah. Thing? Yeah. Tell me the thing. Man, God, I'm almost, almost got to show it to you. I got to show it to you because it's that. No, I, I'm sure I know it. I'm. Nope. I don't know it. Nope. I'm gonna say that you don't know it. I'm gonna promise you you don't know it. Because I because I actually I mean this is gonna sound like bullshit, but it's oh, not. Not now. What's up, Hello. baby? <laughs> Sharpies? Yeah, right in there. Nice. <laughs> just saved by the bell. 
Sharpies. Isla, you know, Owen can play piano. We should jam on the piano. piano. Do you like piano? Isla just practiced piano, like, what, 20 minutes ago? I'll teach you a song. What's your favorite song? What song are you working on right now? Hey, do me a favor. Do you guys go ask George if she's still got her little keyboard? Just go walk out of here. Okay, go ask her. So, okay, here it is. Hold on. <laughs> oh, God, that was close. Dude, you do have like the perfect life because you're such a good guy and can still be a guy. Yeah, well, you're like, it's like heaven I had, here. I had problems with that at first because I was like, right when I became a dad, I was like, I was like, I remember we went to a strip club for Jason Nash's birthday party, and I was like, I was like, I feel like a dirt bag. It's like a real fucking dirt bag, right? And and there was a, b- a bunch of people in a van doing like doing like dirt, and I was like, and I was like, wait, do I am? And but it was stuff I'd done all growing up, and I was like, wait, am I a different guy? I'm not saying they were like fucking holding out a chick and fucking having sex with her, but I'm saying like it was just they were like partying. And I was like, am I a different guy? Am I supposed to be a different guy? Like, I didn't want to, like, how do I, how do I act? How do I behave? And I came right. home, I talked to my wife, and my wife's like, my wife just very plainly was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you want to go to a strip club and get lap dances, it doesn't bother me. So my wife grew up in the South also. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. I don't, like, she's like, don't fuck anybody. Right, don't, exactly. like, kiss anybody. Don't, like, yeah. don't, like, go and do whatever guys do, but don't do above that. Is that, is that have a, need batteries or something, Isla? Let me see pretty it. pretty cool. Let me see it. Um, and so, all right, hey, no, you're not in here for the podcast. Jesus, I. Isla, Isla, you're not in here for the podcast, honey. Okay. Hey. Oh, I think this is supposed to be hooked up. Oh, that's, uh, I'm audio. That's a MIDI. You got to plug it into a, like a a computer computer or something. Yeah. All right, Isla, hop out. We're, we're having a grown up conversation. (laughs) Take care. All right. Love you, baby. So, um, so this. Because the funniest thing, dude, is like. If someone were to be like, how are you? I think being a dad is one of the biggest brags you can have. Yeah. Like, legit. It's like you made life. Like, I, my, like now that I see my brother with, like, kids and stuff, I'm like, that beats being, like, on VH1 or some bullshit that we value. You know what I mean? Dude, it it's is. It's like the family shit, to me, is, like, be all, end all. Like, to be able to be a dad is just insane. It's uh, it's really, I, I, I love... Uh... This one's a YouTube clip. Oh, let me get on RedTube because I know that RedTube's got some good ones. Um, Dude, I was like legit researching on porn clips. Like I know a lot of people would say that and it's a lie, but I was trying to work on a bit about how porn comments are way more positive than YouTube comments. Because <laughs> porn comments are always like, names? Like, who are these girls? They're awesome. Like, great scene. And you go on YouTube and it's some five-year-old playing Bach and it's like, what a faggot. <laughs> and it's like, why is that? Well, it doesn't make sense why... People would be f- so hate-filled on YouTube. Oh, they freak out. They get so mean. Especially, I wanted to do a documentary. I just looked into it. There's just no way to do it because of, like, encryption and shit. But, like, like, like John Lennon singing Mother, like, a year before he died live is one of the most beautiful videos. And there's a thousand thumbs downs. And I just want to know who these people are. Who I wanted to fuck? do a documentary called Thumbs Down. Like who is like and find the thumbs downers and yeah and be like, like, like I'd did, like to hear you the rest of your critique like like one of the greatest songwriters in history performing like the most vulnerable song of his repertoire live a year before he is assassinated what don't you 
approve of. Yeah, where do, where do you fucking disconnect? All right, you ready? The genre is okay. called downblousing. Have you ever heard of it? Downblousing. I can't believe you stumped me. Now I've never heard okay, of it. Okay, now here, this is the deal. Okay, and then this is this is it is. I'll let you see it. Okay. Okay, we're looking down a blouse. And that's it. Oh, that's it. It's just that that almost like hits a really primal thing from your childhood. Yep, it does. It hits this the first time you saw some someone's mom's tit. That's exactly it. And it just it fucking blew me away. And I was like, oh my god, you almost you don't see anything really. No, it's, that could be on YouTube. NBC. Could be on NBC. That could be on primetime. And then all of a sudden you'll see a little something and you go like. Whoa. Well, I know like, what that reminds me of is looking through the, the, the fuzzy shit when we were kids on yeah. Cinemax. It, that's sound blessing. By the way, by the way, they're all videos of women cleaning. That is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's all videos of women cleaning. Because that reminds me of, like, my girl. Like, some of the most turned on I get is, like, like my girl will just be doing something around the house. Dude. And, like, you just see some skin when it's not, like, you're not expecting it. And then you're just like, oh, you're such a woman. Look at, here, wait, let's go forward. Look at all the clips. They're all fucking cleaning. Because that, that's so primal. Yeah, they're all cleaning. It's down blousing. That is all awesome. They're all fucking cleaning. It's it fucking... I wonder if there's like an equivalent for men where it's like he's just working at some office that he probably hates and it's just called like front bumping <laughs> and, and they just see the outline of his hammer. Because women watch as much porn as dudes. It's like There's it, no way. No, I mean, it's, I'd say it's 75-25. I would. Oh, you mean like 20, 25 women, seventy five men? I mean, men definitely still yeah, it's, do. Yeah, but I'll, I'll say that's. I think fair. it's pretty equivalent to like us watching HGTV and shit, where it's like the marketing has gotten. Watch a lot so, of HGTV. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I love where shit HGTV. that you think is designed for a gender, there's starting to become such crossover. Oh yeah, totally. <clears throat> it, what's interesting to me is <clears throat> the first breast I ever saw that was like. It was like in that genre was a down blouse. And what it was was a girl uh, who was dating my friend's older brother. She was probably 18 years old. And I was maybe 11, 12. And they were clearing out the lake. And I saw her tit from the side and I fucking lost it. I lost it. And nothing will fucking hit. It's almost like doing coke the first time. Yeah. Where it's like that. Like that'll never. I remember. I was. I don't know if this is a bit or if this is real. Like this is real to my life, but like I'm trying to work on a bit. The first porn I ever saw was uh, Debbie Does Dallas, and it was mislabeled. My brother called it RoboCop, so I was like, "Oh, this." And I watched the whole thing, and it was like it blew my mind. And I think that that's called male patterning because I've always been attracted to ambitious women. Like my current girl is a engineer. Yeah, and it's because like. She had a business plan. Like, Debbie wanted to get to Dallas. Yeah. And I wonder if that's... Well, my mom's a professor, so maybe that's also it. But, like, I just remember that was the greatest porn. And, like, that porn will still... It's it's interesting because <clears throat> my other uh, first real um, sexual experience was... And then, that, and then that's the first time I ever saw it. And so when I saw photos all down blessing, I was like, I was like, oh my god! Because just like you, my representation of sexuality is my wife waking up in the morning. She's not wearing a bra. Totally. And, she, and you see out of the out of the side of her arm shirt 
like ever, ever tank top, you see it and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like, Why wow, you? Come on. You know, you got an animal in here. There's tigers. Don't fucking throw around raw meat. And uh, so that's awesome. But but my other first one was uh, my sister and I were uh, this is going to sound this already sounds bad. But my sister and I were in a in a bookshop, like in a, in like a magazine shop in on Flesher Avenue, right by this pizza place. And we used to, my parents would go in, my dad would look at running magazines. My mom would look at anything. And my sister found pornography, but it was BDSM pornography. It was dominatrix bondage pornography. Right. And my sister opened it and was like, Oh my God. And was like, Bert, come here and look at this. My sister must've <laughs> been like fucking five. I must've been seven. Right. And I looked and I was like, what the, and my mom <laughs> grabbed it out of her hands. But I still remember the pictures vividly. I never thought of this once. Right. I never thought of this once until I do hurt Bert. It's like my second TV show. And one of the segments I did was I was in dominatrix camp. So they tie you up and. In a weird way, like at the very end of the day, she did one thing that was like fucking super, super sexy. Like the whole time, it was like just all TV shit, production shit, torture Bert, torture Bert, torture Bert. And at the very <laughs> end, she did something that was kind of sexy. She wrapped me in latex, like tight as fuck, bound me in latex, and then put like a tube in and squirted in like KY jelly and started rubbing it and then touching my body. And all of a sudden, I was like, I was like, all right. I said my safe word. I was like, give me the fuck out of here. Cause there's no way I'm going to fucking like get aroused on television. Right. And so, um, I said to her, I said, you know, I gotta be honest with you. Like there's a lot, something like something like fired off in me that was pretty. And I said, and I told her, I said, my first sexual thing I ever saw was this porn stuff. And she said, Oh, here's some tapes. This is some of the stuff I do. It's all tasteful. It's like, her name is Mr. Isabella. I've had her on the podcast. Anyone wants to look her up, uh, Isabella Sinclair is her name. Go, uh, Mistress Isabella, check her out. But it was all like tasteful. It was all like artsy, yeah. you know. But it was all still very fucking hot. Yeah. And the first time I saw that, I was like, it was like I'd never seen it ever in my life. This is probably now fifteen, six, fifteen years ago, and I just was like, oh, and that's I was like, awesome. But it was like tasteful stuff, not like some of the like some of the stuff you see that they shoot in in uh, in uh, like at Margaret Cho's place. I don't know. Mark Cho lived in a. I don't even know if this is true. Oh, in San Fran. Yeah, San Francisco. I think well, she I, lived I never in a saw any of that shit. I know dungeon I, or something. I uh, I shot a promo because I was in uh, Nick Swartzen's movie Bucky Larson, and yeah. it was about a porn star with a tiny dick. Yeah, and we shot a promo there, and I remember like walking around just being like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Because <laughs> yeah. they would do some like I didn't see anything. Yeah, but it would just be people going in, and they're like, "Oh, this room is for like." You know, uh, urine, and I'm like, what? Yeah, D- digital dungeon, digital playground, or something, or yeah, there's like, like there's this thing in like in the mission area of San Francisco, and there's yeah. this big building, and it's just constantly interesting that they ironic that it would be there in the mission. I know, Although, and they, they do anything but <laughs> nothing. I love that. No, it's a missionary <laughs> joke. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, the, it's. I don't know why, and I don't know if Margaret Cho lived there, but I heard a rumor that she lived there for a period of time. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if that's, I might have just made that up or. It's crazy how, it's almost like I'm becoming more of a chick. It's like the shit that's the best is like not just the pounding. Yeah. Like that anticipation, that like weird naughty through a window fucking weird thing. It's interesting because I I would think normally if for me, sexually, what I'd want would be just someone just going to town and jacking me off like crazy. Like just, I mean, my instinct would be like, hands shoved in my pants. Just, gah, 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 gah. 
But like that's like, like it's shaking a Gatorade. Yeah, like he's <laughs> trying to break up ice in a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 truthfully, um, like like I love like we're talking about down blousing and that, that subtlety is what. Like I, you know, I used to say this about strip clubs. I used to say the thing I don't like about strip clubs is to get naked too fast. Right. I go. I wouldn't mind like, like. Like I, and I was like and I was like and it's like they're so ready to be naked that, that you don't see any of the stuff that normal naked people see. You don't see like a belt mark or like a or like socks imprints on their legs. Like yeah, like, it's almost like being at a nude beach where it's not like hot. You get a you get yeah. acclimated to it so fast. You're like, hey, slow it down. Yeah, make it seem like something's real here. I used to say that about blowjobs. I was like. Can they make one porn where the girl's got a runny nose? Because like every blowjob I get is like like, and you're just like, oh, uh, uh, and I'm like, are you? Do you want it to Kleenex? It's like, no, no, I'm fine. Is it bothering That's you? That's hilarious. Or one porn where they just stick to one position and it doesn't take that long. Yeah, like that'd be amazing. Oh, it, yeah, like it's everything's. Blowjob kind of like his three positions come on face. Like oh, it's that it's never. Girl, that's never me. So I can't relate to that. Girl kind of lingus guy. I, I can't imagine the, the last time I started out with girl. The girl going down on me, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah. And then I guess we'll just go and have sex. Sure, like a normal person, <laughs> as opposed to uh, you're wrapping it up right here, and this is how we're doing it. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. If, as soon as I get a blowjob, it is like so. That's the meal for the night. Oh, I know. And it's like, and then your doggy style, and you're like, let's do it. Flip it. Reverse cowgirl. It's like no, you're you're focused in that position at that point. Uh, this is what I'm saying about reverse cowgirl right now. Is I tried to do it with my wife. I don't like it. Uh, my wife's like, wait, what is it? I go, what do you mean, what is it? She's like, what is it? I go, it's uh. She's like, well, no, no. Like she's not trying to be a dick. She's like, just t- tell me what to do. I was like, um, you face the wall. She's like, this sounds. This, I found. I feel disconnected. And I was like, no. And then literally, and I, she's like, literally doing it. Going, what am I supposed to look at your feet? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. No one ever fucking talks during it when I watch them do it. Yeah, they just do it, and then, I, like, I don't know. And your maybe, dick falls out a lot. Pretend you know. you're looking at a film crew. And your like, dick falls out a lot. Yeah, I, I, it was not. It was not. And then we did. It, we tried to do it the other night because we were both drunk and we were like, and I was going out of town, and she was like, and, and it was her birthday, I think. And, uh, and happy birthday, face the wall. And I <laughs> take a look at my feet. I'll be, I'll be. I'm gonna, she's like, what are you? Are you looking at my butthole? And I was like, shut up. No one says these things. And so, uh, and we started doing it, and then all of a sudden, in the middle, I could tell, like, she starts getting quiet. And I was, she's like, okay, I'm feeling disconnected. Right. And I was like, all right, come back. I'll That's look hilarious. You. And you don't, you don't get anything from it. It's not like we get anything from it. No. It's, it's just, just like, it, it, I get really cognitive. I'm like, don't fall out, don't fall out, stay back, a little forward, a little back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, yeah. I, I, there's, I like the subtleties. Like, I, the, for all I'll say, uh, the one thing that's amazing about uh, about sex now is like I had real intimacy issues growing up. Right. Like, I, like the first time I lost my virginity, or the time, well, I say first time because I kind of fucked it up. But uh, the first time I lost my virginity, the ne- that next night I had to go to dinner with her parents, and I had a full blown panic attack. Right. Like I literally. Fucking because I realized I was like I wanted it so bad I want to lose my virginity so bad that when I finally did it I was like oh wait I, I wasn't ready for this like I didn't I didn't plan on all the stuff that comes along with this am I ready to have a baby what if she gets pregnant right like, what if what if I have AIDS what if I have a venereal disease what if what if someone calls someone and tells someone and she's older than me she was older than me and I was still seventeen she was eighteen so what if she gets charged for rape 
Like what? Like all these things. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not ready to fucking face any of this, dude. I'm working on a bit now about. Well, first I make fun of female porn, which is like Titanic and shit, and how there was clearly <laughs> plenty of room for DiCaprio, and he wanted to die and all this shit. But I talk about like a triple BJ in porn, how in reality that's not a fantasy. Where it's like, let's say you are a pizza delivery man. I'm like, I've been a pizza delivery man. The last thing you want is not money because you're poor. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you go to the door and it's like, well, we don't have any money. You're like, fuck. You know, and then it's like, but we can all suck your dick. And you're like, all right. And then the thing about triple BJs is the week, there's always a weak link and no one picks a pace. Yeah. So it's like the weak link gets as much no dick time. No one picks the pace. Yeah. Because like for me, a BJ is all about pace and commitment. Right. Yeah. But it's like when it becomes a novelty where they're just passing it around. And then the 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 weak link thinks that she's the best with it, so she like she's fucking going at it, and so now your pizzas are going cold, like because you have more deliveries, and now you're <laughs> thinking like I'm gonna be fucking fired, and Tina's now like scrapping, scrape, like she's cutting your dick with her braces, but she fucking you can't say anything because then the other girls will have her back, and everyone will start crying. It's this <laughs> long bit about like what a triple BJ is really like and how it's not a fantasy. It's not. It's not. It's not like we used to. Uh, we used to <clears throat> when we were in Cancun a long time ago with me and all my friends, and we were in a, with a film crew, and we were shooting. We'd go into the clubs with the fucking lights on the camera, and I mean, girls would just. I mean, it was like. I mean, it was like fucking Armageddon. Like you, anything you said, they'd do. It was like this bizarre. It was right when Girls Got Wild was getting big. Right, it was probably actually really big. It was probably really big at that time because I I wanted I was best just just starting in stand up, and I remember uh, I'd yell group kiss and everyone would just shove their faces in and like like four of us all me and three girls would all make out at the same time. But you never really kissed anybody. It was like ah, right, like you can't focus on anything. Yeah, and I was it's, like that's it's, it's, it's novelty. Yeah, and I was it's, like, okay, you got to bring it down to two, three is too many. Right. And then you're like, two kiss, and then it's like, nah, we're all just fucking just trying to get HPV. And you're like, all right, let's just fucking single kiss. And everyone's like, I'm not going to fucking kiss you. And you're like, oh, you would have done it with the group? Like, what fucking, what kind of Nazi are you? <laughs> yeah, and then after, it's like hard enough to pick a movie with your girl, like try doing it with two. Yeah. Where it's around Netflix, and now it's fucking, now you have to figure out what movie to watch. Ugh, I can't. I can't imagine, like, uh, I never, I, I've only been in one threesome, and it was a fucking nightmare. It was absolutely I almost never hear good experiences. Like, no one's ever like, I had a threesome, it was the best. It was not. I mean, it was like, I mean, not bad, like, some, anyone cried, well, one person cried. My girlfriend at the time started crying towards the end. She was like, this means you're not going to love me anymore. And I was like, no, shut the fuck up, you're fucking this up. <laughs> but I was like, you nailed it. Like, <laughs> It's, kind of- it's more for women than men. It's almost like they want to be lesbians and not admit it, and they want to just do yeah. it over your dick. I, I think I think it's more for men than women. I think women do it thinking this is what he wants. See, that would be a nightmare. I was like, don't do it. If uh, I remember saying to them, we were all in a limo, and then we went back to someone's house, and we all started making out, and everyone's making out, and it was just like crazy. And I want to say like they were doing others. Like I'm not going to get into too great of details, but like. We ended up in the bed, and like it just was like, it was like oh, I was just not. It was non. There was no real end in sight. Yeah, like, it was just like it was. I was like, I'm tapping out. That's what I think lesbian sex would be like. It's like when do they know when it's over? I don't know. It's like when you when there's a dude involved, there's a launch, and yeah. then there's sleep. 
Yeah. But with lesbians, they like some women can either not come or come a million times. There's like no end. What I'm saying on stage right now is uh, the confidence a woman has during an orgasm, being a man in an orgasm is like we don't know that confidence. We don't know that we live. We stand on a very different quagmire. Like yeah. like women go and then and then I just say to a, I say to a girl I go Have you ever given an orgasm? She's like Yeah. I go you, Would you Would you bet your life on it she's like oh yeah and i go how about you would you bet your life on it sir and he's like i don't know dude i got a tag i got a tag for you it's 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 world war ii versus vietnam uh my my joke is uh when a woman does it it is oh that happened look colonel mustard in the library with the candlestick <laughs> yes. and when a guy does it to a girl it's like kaiser Soze. that's amazing <laughs> and then uh and then i feel uh and then uh, but the truth is is like I mean, I, I'm being very honest about this when I say this, but like I probably was married to my wife for for four years, and at one point realized, oh, I'm really giving her an orgasm now. This yeah. is four years in, and like maybe it happened before. I wasn't paying too close of attention, but for right now, what's happening? That has really just happened. That really happened, and I went, I went, whoa. And then I thought, what was I? What did I? And then, and then I looked back at all the girls I was with, and I was like, what did I think I was doing? Like, and was I doing it right? Like, I just don't. Like, I ne- I only used, and I'm being, and I said this to Dennis Hoff of all people. I had him in here with one of his uh, girls he's dating. You know, his girlfriend. He's a guy that owns a bunny ranch. Yeah. And I said, you know, I watched the bunny ranch and this girl or the ranch, whatever it's called, and. This girl said, this is how you give oral sex. And I went, oh, that's not how I do it. And I was like, she must be doing it wrong. And I was like, I just fucking shout at it just, no, but like, but she, and then I went, oh, I'm going to try that next time. So I, next time I did that with my wife, I tried exactly what she said, exactly. And my wife made these noises that I'd never heard. And I went, whoa. And I was like, I'll try that again. And I was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden it just went, and then my wife's like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, I think I just did something right. That's great. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I was like, well, I've never heard that before. That's how I feel like they should be with us with the workplace. Where we're like, <laughs> this is how you become CEO. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if that's out of context, love, I'm going to get dude, annihilated. I have listened to your the last podcast we did. I probably listened to it. I probably listened to this. One, that there's one section in there. I probably listened to it a hundred times. <laughs> I would play it over and over again because it just made me laugh. Because when you're talking about Brazilians being oh, avatars, Brazil, yeah, <laughs> and I I listened to that so fucking much, and I every time and I howl laughing, and you're like, and they have hammers, like and they like, do have hammers. <laughs> like I'm right back to that emotion. Yeah. <laughs> you just saying that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I listened to that a fucking number of times. That and then. So like then I got excited like any podcast you were on I fucking listened to really so I was, oh yeah okay. oh, thanks man there's few people that I that you hang out with and they're so funny on a podcast that you do like that I'm because a lot of times I do a podcast with people and I go well I probably should have said this I probably should have gotten more out of them there's few times you do a podcast with someone and you laugh so hard that you're like oh, I'm gonna listen to every fucking podcast they do now you got to do mine I'm never home. I know. That's the only problem right now is that I'm not. Because you love you love my kind. Because you're like me. You, you, like we're both party guys, but there's a science. I need another beer. You want another more beer? Fuck yeah! And so, but like, fucking sweating. I gotta put the AC on in here. The uh, not now, but the um. Yeah, you texted me about doing yours and doing the uh, doing the. Uh... Oh, what the fuck is that? 
What is it? Something happened to the beers? No. Oh, the jug. Dude, I drink piss, man. I'll drink anything. No, I have good. I have two good beers, and then awesome. I have all kinds of things. Love it. Um, like you're such a beer connoisseur that you didn't list like Heineken to a lot of people as like the best beer you can have. You like have good beers and then some Heinekens. Well, Stanhope won't drink Heinekens. He hates Heinekens. Why? He thinks they taste like shit. Here. Oh, thanks, bud. Oh, thank you, boss. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for the advice on uh, hosting, by the way. The Esquire thing went well. How'd it go? Great. Yeah? Yeah, it was a blast, man. Tell me about it. Well, Tell me about it, and then I'll show you some. I'll show you. Oh, I'm fucking. I want to show you. Oh, fuck. I I fucking want to show you something so bad, and I can't show it to fucking anybody. Like, I'll show it to you for real. Cool. But I can't show it. Like, I can't play it. No, like, because it was uh, finding the best hamburger in in the world. Or in the country, at least. And it, I had a brewmaster from Budweiser, this dude, Brian Dirt. He taught me all this shit about pouring beers and, like, what makes a beer good. And we were just basically eating hamburgers and just being fucking crazy. A fucking bug inside my glass. What kind of beer is this? This is... Ale- oh, this is good. Ale- this is really good. Cheers. Cheers. I like these beers. Because you can drink one or two and get a nice buzz, and you don't have to fucking... Right. It's not like you had 20 fucking beers and it's all over you. Yeah. You have like two, and then you're just like... Like, I'll drink one of those. The first one was uh, the uh, uh, the Chimay. It's a good beer. My Dude, sister got great. me into those. Um, but... So wait, tell me about the... Tell me about the, the pilot. Yeah. Well, no, we did uh, seven episodes, so it's... Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, finale's tomorrow on Esquire. So we did, it's called The Next Great Burger, where it's me and this dude, JJ. He uh, He's the head chef of Cecil in, in Harlem. Unbelievable chef. And so we get to judge, like, the best hamburgers in the country, and we just get to eat all of them. And I just what got to be... the best one you had? Oh, man, there's this one dude. Th- there were so many good ones. Yeah. Like, it's insane. There was one dude who made his buns out of beignets, like, from uh, New Orleans. And he and he made it right there. And it was like, the crowd was all around us. So, and it's right in the heart of St. Louis. So it was just this diverse, amazing crowd. And I got to be the circus wrangler, pretty much. It was fucking heaven, man. Really? And they just kept bringing us these burgers. You know, I was more like Paula Abdul. Like, he's like Simon talking about, like, so is this quad de foie? And I'm like, I like the ketchup. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I could use more of it? Yeah, I, no. Why did you choose not to put it, cover it? I really like that it's warm. <laughs> and it was just, and then we were just drinking Budweiser the whole time. And every the crowd was getting, like, buzzed from beers. Really? It's fucking awesome. Oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. I love the The thing I love about those type of shows and, like, travel cho- shows is you get to experience things in a manner you wouldn't ever get to experience them and hosting them and like like going in and dealing and like having the you know what did you have like probably what seven twenty one of the best burgers you could ever have you yeah know? and so you got to have stuff that people wait in line forever for and you got to have a bring brought to you hot and the best they could make it and then look to me for approval 
Like just some asshole. Yeah. Like I'm just a random guy. It's and they're like, what do you think of that? I'm like, this is really, you know, it could use some more ketchup. Like I'm a dumbass. Oh, I, I'm like that with uh, when I first started doing Bert the Conqueror, uh, my uh, knowledge about roller coasters was absolutely inane. Like I was like, I've never been on one. Are you serious? Not one. Uh, what's your schedule look like? I'm just I'm shooting another seven. I don't really fit. Uh, that's the hard. Pro- yeah, that's yeah. the big problem is that there is a size restraint. Like yeah. you, you can't, you just can't be a fucking big guy and do them. Yeah, they'd always be like, you have to be this tall, and there'd be like a line, and then they almost had to make another line for the other direction. Yeah, where they're like, you can't be this tall. Leanne, hey, will you check the grill, grill, and make sure the temperatures are okay? Um, but I learned a lot about grilling. Will you check the grills and make sure the temperatures are okay? It's like two twenty-seven. What about the other grill? Both. Yeah, both grills. Yeah. They're both at two twenty. Okay, perfect. Okay. Awesome. Um, it's all about the buns. Yo, Leanne, Leanne, come here. Is there anything you want to talk to us about? We've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about uh, orgasms. I was saying uh, that I don't think I really knew what I was doing until about four years in. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Why did you stick around? Huh? What? that's awesome all right um and so uh your wife's the best she's a pretty cool chick i I really do love her like uh, there's i've I've been very broken for a very long time without knowing i was broken without knowing that there were things that i needed fixing i just figured it's that like it's like grind your teeth harder and it'll go away for sure and she just one day and i i don't know i don't know if i've talked about this at all Maybe I have. I stopped podcasting for a month because I was like, because I was in therapy and everything was raw as fuck. That's not totally why I did it. I was on the road a lot, but I could have done solo podcasts, but all my solo podcasts would have morphed into me talking about whatever the fuck I was going through. Yeah. There's a lot of anxiety shit. A lot Some of- people would really relate to that, though. I feel like there's a lot of people that are. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about doing two a week and doing a podcast, a solo podcast. To kind of open up a little bit and be like, and you know, Bill says that he does it and he helps him come up with material. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I got to do that because maybe, like, maybe I'm not talking about what I'm talking about because I'm not really writing enough and I'm not talking out loud enough. I don't know. That's but, why I did mine. It's because yeah. I have to bomb or else I have no material. Yeah. It's called Why Didn't They Laugh? Where it's like, if a joke, if I'm just doing the shit I know works, I have no, I have nothing to talk about. So I have to have audio recordings of me saying something and the crowd rejecting me. Because I wanted to set up almost like a a game where I had to write. Yeah, <laughs> it's well. The truth is is that a lot of times you can, especially in different aspects of this business. I used to always look and go like, why isn't Kevin James on stage every fucking night? If I was Kevin James, I'd be on stage every fucking night when he's doing King of Queens. And then I am no Kevin James, but like the fact that you work or that you're working all the time. Yeah. But when you do get a night off, you're like. Is, there's a very few people who have that long strand Joe Rogan DNA where you're like, I worked all day. I'm getting on stage tonight. I'm getting. On, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to write. I'm going to take my kids out. I'm going to work. I'm going to hang out with my kids all fucking day long. I'm going to run over to a podcast. Come back with my kids. He's a different animal. He's a dude. Because I, I just, I, I didn't get into his podcast until like six months ago because I didn't even know what the fuck podcasts really were. It's the best podcast. It's, it's unbelievable, man. It's the best podcast. It's the best podcast out right now. 
And, and like, and I, I told, I, I've, I've told a lot of people this. It I'll cancel the, plans to listen to this shit. It's the best podcast out right now. I listened to him talk to the brothers who did Bigger, Stronger, Faster. Yeah, that was a great it's one. A fucking great one. I listened to him talk to God Sad. Did you listen to that one? I've listened to every one now. Dude, I, I went through like hundred. Like, he, what's he at? Almost seven hundred. I went through probably four hundred in a month. It's it's turned me into a phony because I'm re- I'm reciting information I've learned on that to people and then I feel like I if I don't quote I learned this on Joe Rogan's podcast that I'm fucking a liar. No, but that's just called learning. I went through the same problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> My dad's a fucking speech com professor, so yeah. like rhetoric, and I, and so I I used to take all his books and I would just. Uh, make them into jokes yeah. and i was like man i'm fucking stealing and somebody pointed out they go no you're just learning yeah <laughs> like that's what people do and and all those people got their shit from someone else and on and on and on yeah it's it joe's it's, joe's just this like vessel for knowledge and just being a i the, ever, the blessed thing the blessed thing in my life is that when he be when you cross over the fandom and become his friend and he starts calling you up with like and you can call him up for advice or you can, like, chat with him about, like, where you're steering off. And you hear this guy who, by the way, is has taken a renaissance approach to living his life. And by hanging out with every fucking biochemist and, and spiritual, psychedelic explorer. And, like, and when you get his advice, you realize it's coming from a fucking very, very... A broad spectrum of geniuses that he hangs out with, and it's an honest approach, which is the best part. Sometimes like he'll, honest. he'll I'll liter- say sometimes too honest. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but there'll be times when he'll be like, I don't know, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the problem with with some of those type of dudes is is ego, and he yeah. doesn't. He obviously has ego, but it's not like it's not it 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 helps him. It's almost like doing Adderall once a month. Yeah, <laughs> where it's not like. He'll admit faults, and I find that really charismatic. He's he, uh, well, I, he taught me. A, I mean, I, you know what? I don't mind celebrating him for a second, but like he taught me a very valuable lesson that is never speak for other people, never speak for like. But he didn't say like, "Hey, don't ever speak for me." But like, I just realized I couldn't predict what he was going to ever say. Yeah, I never could predict his opinion. I never could predict. Like, I would say things to him thinking, uh, like, "Oh, I know what he'll say now," and he'd say the total opposite. Like, I remember one time, like we were at his. Uh, a fucking party for his kids and I was like in my head I was like Joe is definitely not the guy that would want to go get a beer right now and tap out from all this fucking horse shit of parents wanting to talk and then as soon as I thought that Joe goes you want to go get a beer and I was like How, why the fuck would I think that like right. like he's just a regular like and so I, I use him as an example but I go I would never I just uh, was very lucky enough to hang out with uh, with um, Ira Glass because I because his wife and I became friends and are trying to work on a project that is hopefully world changing, in my opinion. Yeah. I fucking love this woman. She is smart as shit. She showed me. I want to share the conversation I have with her with everyone, but I can't because it's not my conversation to have. Right. She just shared information with me about the way the world works, and I. And it's fucking genius. And, and it kind of is once you see it, you can't not open your eyes to it. And I was like, motherfucker. And but it's there's her words to say, and so in a lot of words, I was like, in ways I was like, I'll wait till I have her on my podcast, or I'll wait till we talk about this on tour, or whatever the fuck we're gonna do. We're gonna we're trying to figure it out right now. But I was lucky enough to sit down. Her husband's Ira Glass. That was, by the way, that was a footnote in this conversation. Is that I got to know her, and then oh, by the way, my husband's Ira Glass. I'm like, yeah. oh, are you fucking kidding me? I'm the massive fucking NPR fan. Yeah, and so NPR came, is awesome. They came to my show, 
uh, in New York, and they came down to the green room, and we talked. And I was like, and me and her are hardcore podcast fans. Like we could we could gossip about good podcasts for fucking hours. And I kept saying like Rogan's podcast, Ron Bennington is the mo- the best interviewer in the world ever in my opinion and Rogan's podcast is like it's eye opening it's what Chris Rock did before he did his hour special bring the pain the, the big one bring the pain was that it uh the big one the first one that was like was it bigger and blacker or what was no 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 it was bring the pain was the very the first pain, one yeah what he did was um Cornell Wallace said to him by the way if i'm getting this wrong i'm sorry but this is what i remember hearing and i'm sure it's a very derivation of this but cornell wallace said to him hey i'm going to dinner with these intellectuals every sunday night we do dinner together would you like to come with us and chris rock was like fuck yeah so he every sunday night he'd go with the fucking smartest guys in the world and he'd just sit and listen and sit at dinner and eat dinner and listen to these geniuses talk and I feel like that's what Joe's doing, except he's interviewing them. He's getting to talk to them. So he has to read all their shit first. He's got to be familiar with them. But what he's doing is I'm sure he's, he's fucking reading these amazing books, hearing these amazing lectures, watching these amazing videos, then reaching out to the people that do them and saying, hey, come talk to me. God's odd in him was fucking amazing. It, it, with the whole coding conversation, yeah. it was like because I always, whenever I'm on working out, I see double numbers a lot, like 35-35, uh, 22-22. I see it all the time, all the time, and I go, I'm, that's just my, I'm lucky like that. When I look down, I'm lucky. I always see double numbers. It means good things are about to happen. No, it's just that I code the good numbers, and every time I look down, it says 22-25-7. Right. I'm like, eh, what the fuck was that? Yeah, you exclude everything else. Yeah, it's so fuck. It really opens your mind to like, I don't know, I could do this That's how hours. I was with uh, Malcolm Gladwell, too. Dude, that guy... I swear to God, he's the biggest podcast get in the world. I mean, that would be unreal. I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with people that just make you look at things different. Like, yeah. I, I got to interview, not interview, it was my friend's interview, but I snuck in my own interview. I was yeah. on his podcast, but I got to ask some questions. Uh, a Nobel Prize winner today. And, who? who? Uh, this dude, Pulser. Whose podcast? It, it's my friend Kevin Hickerson's. He just started a podcast. He's yeah. a PhD from Caltech. He does oh, mine a lot. He's he's smart as fuck. He's also stand up. Yeah. And um, and it's it's crazy when you can see like someone describe something from a, a perspective that you can't fucking possibly imagine. And and some of the shit that he was telling me because I, I just did a, an episode that hasn't went up yet about how to make a love song because as you, like I do stand up with a piano and. I'll listen to like Celine Dion and all this shit, and I find that more comedic than what I'm doing. But yeah. my shit makes everyone laugh. Yeah, and it's almost like, like I'm trying to be a ballad guy, like a fucking Richard Marx, like wherever you go. Like I wanted to like really make people feel, and people just laughed. Yeah, and I'm like, what's the fucking algorithm? And we started talking about that, where it's like, what makes something funny versus something emotional? Because I think I'm being more honest. It's like, you'll listen to some of these love songs, and it's just horse shit. Yeah. And it's like, I'll do one that's like an honest love song to my life, and people then their natural reaction is to laugh. That's so fucking fascinating. Yeah, and because it, it's the same um, pill. It's like, to get past the reptilian brain, you have to not be a threat. Yeah. So it's about something you understand, something you, you get, something that relates to your upbringing. And then after that, your brain is hungry and it wants a novelty. So at that point, how do you make something funny versus like tears versus laughter? And it's like that, like obs- I obsess over that. I, you know, that's a fascinating concept because I thought 
the times I've been the funniest are when I take myself the most serious. Yes. And so and so when I've tried to be very serious, I would make people lose their minds laughing and it would hurt my feelings, but then I'd have to play it off like I was trying to be funny. And I and it, it's so interesting in in Montreal I sang um Creed uh higher yeah. for the goddamn comedy jam. Yeah. And I was being I was really trying to sing. Like really, but it was so funny because I can't like it's just like watching someone fail on purpose, like on 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 accident. That's why I'm a comedian. I wanted to be a ballad guy. Yeah, like I would write ballads about things that I related to, and people naturally would laugh. Like I, one of my, the first things I ever wrote was uh, a love song for Jenna Jameson because I was like a, a virgin. I knew I knew I was being funny. Like I do knew, know that, but it was like. I was like, what is honest in my mind? Like, who is there for me? Her. She's in my VCR. She's there for me. Like, I'll hit stop if we're going to argue. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'd never had sex. I never had a girlfriend. I'm like, this is my love song. Like, another one was about a Dunkin' Donuts girl when I was hammered. Yeah. You know, it's like, you accused me of stealing the napkin dispenser and peeing on the floor. Well, what if I did? But what if I loved you, Dunkin' Donuts girl, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, that's way less psychotic than the police, every breath you take, or Adele, or any of this shit. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's about stalkers. I'm like, mine's just about, like, that moment when you think you love someone who works at Dunkin' Donuts because the bars are closed. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, like, How to Love a Woman, I do a song like that. It's like... I don't know. I I think I may have. I may be a little on the spectrum. Like I might have yeah. a little bit of something where I, I don't understand things. But I'm like, <laughs> what is the joke? Like, how is this funny? Yeah. You know There's nothing mean? funnier than when your kids don't know they're being funny. So funny. And like you, Celine yeah. Dion is a fucking comedian. That my heart will go on song with the little flute and all that. Yeah. It's fucking genius. It's as a comic. It's uh, I, I love what you said. Like uh, the infant, the the. The reptilian brain, the reptilian brain. What did you say? Like, well, the reptil, like the oldest part of our brain is basically assessing threats. Yeah. It's like, do I know you? Or are you going to fucking kill me? Is that all reptiles? Technically, all reptiles. It's all everything. Yeah. It's our, all, our base, like our, our operating system, is that's why that's why Joe Rogan's such a legend because he he's so connected. He's so connected to that part of himself, like that competitor, that animal. Yeah. Like how he always talks about monkeys and shit because he, he knows he's a monkey. Yeah. And that we all are. And then at that point, once you get past that screening process, it's like the TSA. Like once you take your shoes off and shit, it's like then you need novelty. You need something new. And you need like at that at that point, you get into some real heavy shit about what's going to spark tears versus laughs. Yeah, I get I, I think I think about uh, like the idea of trying to be funny so much where I go like when I get on stage, sometimes I'll do things and I'll get a laugh and I go. I don't know if I thought that was funny. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I know, I mean, I, I know I'm trying to get a laugh, but I don't know if I, that was a, the thing that I thought was funny. And then you go, well, it worked. You're like, I'll do it again. And then you do it again. It gets another laugh. You're like, yeah, I don't, I think I'm replicating a bunch of shit that I didn't know was funny. Yeah. Like, like sometimes, like, it's like the, like, sometimes Amy Schumer, when she was younger, would, I don't, I mean, I haven't seen her do stand up in a long time, but I know for a fact when she was younger, she would play like the dumb girl. Like, like, right. Like, like I don't know. I can't think of one of her bits, you know, other than the one that they're trying to slam her for right now. But like, but like, I used to this, you know, and like, I wonder if that comes out of like, like that's the funniest thing to us is that you know you, you see someone like kind of like because that's 
how I first time I was funny, I didn't try. I wasn't trying to be funny. Right, totally. And then everyone's like, you should be a comic. And then all of a sudden, you learn how to do that a little bit. And then one time, you're like, I just slid one past them. And yeah, then, you know. Yeah, dramatic irony where the audience knows something that you don't know. That's like uh, what that means. Where it's like the audience is in on something that the actor on the stage isn't. And sometimes I feel like that with my whole career. <laughs> Where I'm like, what do you guys know that I don't know? Like, why do you keep laughing at me? Yeah, <laughs> I get. I sometimes, sometimes when I was acting, and I, I mean, I the, the like when I first started in this business, I was, I was like, always hired as an actor, and uh, and they'd be like, you're such a great actor, and I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like, totally, like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And then I started overthinking it, and then I became a bad actor. Yeah, like I started like going like 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 I remember one time someone said something and I laughed. And everyone laughed, and I didn't know what they were laughing at, and so I. But so I didn't, and I didn't know they were going to laugh, so I didn't time whatever I said next, and I said it during their laugh, and they were like, "No, no, 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 you got to wait for the fucking laugh to end, then you talk." And I went, "Yeah, but I didn't know they were going to laugh." He's like, "It doesn't matter. You got to be ready for it." So I was like, "Okay." So the next time I did it, I said it. I didn't laugh because I was waiting for the laugh to. I was like, I didn't want to laugh and then not notice when they were done laughing. And then I said it again, and I, there was no laugh. And they're like, no, time it better. And I was like, I think I'm really fucking confused. And so the next time they said it, <laughs> well, next time I said it, I did like a fake laugh. No one laughed. And I was like, and I didn't forgot my line. Bro, it's like loving a, a chick. It's that paradox where it's like, be in the moment, but plan ahead for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you do both? Yeah. It's like, be confident, but not arrogant. Like, make money, but have free time. Yeah. It's that's what acting is. That's why I always get so frustrated with it. It's like be in the moment, but don't. And you're like, what the fuck? It's it wasn't until I started uh, until like we f- those those were all like rehearsals. You do the sitcom, and then you're like, oh, I get it. You just yeah. gotta lie. It's like it's like okay, so I gotta figure out how to make that noise I made when I laughed earlier, and then wait, get them to laugh. And then when I wait, and then I'll laugh. Oh, and then my laugh becomes like a character. Oh, I get it. And then I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Right. I was like, I'd rather just fucking laugh. Like, it's, it's comparable to porn. Yeah. Where it's like, if it, that's why sometimes we get into this weird shit, like the, the blouse thing that you show me and like some of my stuff, where if, if it has that, that feeling of real, it's so much hotter. Yeah. Just like with comedy, it's so much funnier if there's any element of reality to it. Like yeah. Fallon laughing at his own shit, I mean comics will be annoyed by that because like when when you recognize that he's doing it as a mechanism but america loves that shit where it's like he really thinks it's funny i think i think i'm not in defense of him but like i think for a lot of the stuff he does no i I love fallon i'm just saying that him on snl i remember that was a criticism that was a criticism but i was like i was like dude if i was on snl with the funniest fucking people in the world i'd probably be giggling right like i'd definitely be giggling and but like you could tell that there were people that were like we get it because there's comics there's comics that I won't say their names but like you could tell when the fucking punchline's ready because they start laughing yeah and you're like everything's funny well, to you it's a ma- well when you see someone do it the same way ten times you're yeah. like are you fucking serious yeah like so you laugh like that you're laughing at yourself every time on the same joke you said this joke three times tonight yeah the, the, I saw you on the first show the second show and the third show and you laughed on all of them like. Because there's laughs, like, there's things I'll say where I can't, now I'm overthinking and I can't remember. Like, there's times where I'll tell the machine story, which, by the way, I do. Still I, funny. But when I tell it, I've told it a million fucking times. 
there are times when I'll laugh in telling it because I think it's so ridiculous that I still am telling this one moment. And I wouldn't even judge you if you were. That's what yeah. I was saying about Fallon. It's like... But it would never be at the same point. There's never at one point where I go like... And so I walked to him up and I was like, I'm the machine. <laughs> I mean, what? What was I saying? Right. I would never say that because I'm like, I know what I'm saying. I just said it. There are times where I go... Um, like there's a, I'm trying to think of the moment. I can't think of it, but it's, it's an absurd moment to me Yeah, because I feel like I'm lying. I go at this moment, I've got to be lying. I'm not lying, but I feel like I am. And I feel like they think I am. And I feel like I've said this a million times. How come I still don't believe it? Like, how come I still, how come I'm still having a hard time at this moment? Why am I thinking no one's fucking believing this? Because like when Fallon, like when you're laughing or when Fallon's laughing, it's almost like when you think a porn star is really coming. Yeah. When it's that much better, where you're like, he's fucking laughing. That's great. That's why, when I was saying comics judge him, I, I wasn't meaning like me or you. I meant like comics that, that Critics. know. Yeah, or just people, alt comics yeah. is what I should say. Like the people that are like, they're not there for the audience. They're there for like their stupid little community. community yeah. Where it's like, he knows the script. Why the fuck is he laughing? It's like, because that is, is charming. And it's like, if you let yourself enjoy the moment, Everyone likes that. It's a little peek behind the curtain of Oz. It's like every now and then, every like I, the second I got on Letterman, um, I said something. I said, uh, I, I if I, I'm not, I don't remember verbatim, but I think this is the exchange. I said, uh, I sat down and he said, I said, thanks for having me, Dave. And he was like, well, I appreciate you coming. And I laughed hysterically because I thought you appreciate me coming. You have no idea. You have no fuck. You appreciate me coming and no, like you have no fucking idea. I would have paid ten thousand dollars to be sitting at this right. chair. And I found that so funny that he would say, "I appreciate. We appreciate you coming out to the show or being on our show." I laughed so hysterical. I was like, "This is the biggest get of my life." Like I was like, and I fucking started giggling. And the second I started giggling, he did that Dave face and like went like 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 he's talking to me and went. Like to the crowd, and I saw him do the day gave day face. I started laughing even harder, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like, like but, you got to appreciate the moment as an observer of yourself. Yeah, no, I guarantee you, my twentieth time on that, I'd be like, "Okay, um, don't mention it, man." I was That's in the awesome, neighborhood, man. but like, like, but those moments are so real. Like real moments like that, on they're never lost on me. Like, uh, and I and I think like the first time you're a great dude, man. I don't know about that. You are. But like I, I just say like like and I still giggle at people being funny, like you know like sometimes like I don't I don't know I I, I like laughing and I I, did, I didn't get into this because I was cynical I got totally. into this I like laughing yeah I remember sitting in the back of the fucking comedy club when I first started howling fucking laughing at Dave Chappelle it. Dave Chappelle doing his impression of uh, Aquaman <laughs> I fuck do you ever hear it no oh it was like. Like you, I, you can't really say anymore because the N words in it. But like, it was Aquaman, and he's like, "This is my impression." Of, I, mean, I don't even know if I'm doing this justice. It's my impression of Aquaman, and then he's just like, "Do himself swimming," <laughs> and then he, all of a sudden he gets like a page, and he like looks at it, and then he puts it down, and he keeps swimming, and he gets another page, <laughs> and then he <laughs> picks up his phone, and then he goes, "Hey, what's up, <laughs> Like, <laughs> like he says the N word. Hey, what's up, And and but he does the voice. Yeah, hit me back. <laughs> but it was just like it was not Aquaman. It was just Dave Chappelle's yeah. Aquaman, and it was so fucking funny. And I was in the back, and like I, it was it was interesting to me because there is a time that you, and I think that you'll recognize you'll know the time I'm talking about. There is a time that 
you'll see comics that are maybe a class below Dave Chappelle or like two classes below Dave Chappelle that are putting on the laughter. And they're not really laughing. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. Like, and you're like, that. you're not enjoying it. You're just laughing so that he hears you laughing so he knows that you like him so that he likes you as opposed to me just fucking howling doubled over in the background. Uh, Mike Epps, I remember this specifically. This is the fucking hardest. This is the top three hardest I've ever laughed when I was first started. Mike Epps, Dave Chappelle, and a guy named uh, guy named Franz. Uh, they were it was they're all black comics. Uh, Mike Epps one was he used to have a speech. He used to give, uh, I, but it doesn't do justice without seeing Mike Epps do it because it's Mike Epps with that like you know that laid back confidence. He's like I used to sell chocolate bars when I was a kid, and man, there's a fine line between getting rejected and robbing a motherfucker. And he's like, it's, you always started off every day like, "Hello, my name is Michael Epps. I come from a bad neighborhood, and I'm just trying to give myself an opportunity." Spam. Okay, next one. Hey, my name is Mike Epps. I was a like, spam. All right. Hey, my name's Hey, my man, man. Okay. Hey, hey, bitch, bitch, and then puts his foot in the door, and he starts going, "No, no, everybody down!" And it would like end up robbing them. It was the funniest fucking bit. And I would howl laughing. The other one was Franz. This guy, Franz, this may go down. And by the way, Greer Barnes is another guy that is a monster on stage. Have you ever seen him? No. Greer Barnes is is top biggest monster on stage. Tony Woods, Greer Barnes. Franz had the best bit to this day. I will ever say it's the best bit I've ever seen on stage. It was about there was a, there was a, a Jamaican shooter. On a subway train in Queens, apparently he got up with a rifle. Yeah, I started shooting everyone in Queens, and Franz did this bit where he goes, "Man, if I was on that train, second I saw that gun come out, I would just pretend he already shot me." And he did it. <laughs> it's very physical, but he just slid off the stool. But the way he slid off the stool was perfect, and he, he and he was doing gunshots. He'd go, and every time a gunshot would stop, he'd stop, and then. When there's no gunshots, he'd move, and he'd crawl himself into the fireplace. And he'd crawl, and then you're, and he'd be like, oh. And then he'd, you, he'd do the voice of the Jamaican, who's this bumba clot? And he goes, you already got him. Like, it was so, <laughs> God, they were so fun. And I would, but I would, I remember sitting in the back going, I felt like I was like a, a miner, like, discovering gold in, yeah. in the 1800s. Who were the, when you started, who were the, what were, like, the top five? Okay, well. Uh, Galifianakis. Oh my God! I, I mean, one of my go-to jokes when someone's like, Who, "Who's one of your favorite comics?" and give me a joke, it's Zach doing the uh, the arrogant, the arrogant illiterate guy. Yes. Oh shit! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, was that his impression? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, I just that's. I'm like bummed. I I lost a beer. I'm sorry for that, but don't worry about it. Uh, he'd go, he'd go, this is my impression of the condescending illiterate. And he'd go, I've already told you, I don't read. <laughs> like that would make me howl. Yeah. Uh, his joke for me was, um, you know, it's time to do laundry when you get out of the shower and dry off with a shoe. <laughs> Dude, how about, remember a uh, forgetful, uh, vegetarian where he goes, this meat lover's pizza is, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know who's uh, great right now is Roy Wood Jr. Do you know Roy? Oh, yeah, of course. He, to me, is one of the best joke writers I've ever seen. He has a joke that I, I had to follow for uh, three straight years because uh, Sullivan and Sun Tour. Yeah. I would have to go after him every night. What was it? Uh, he would go, he would go, gay people get shit done. 
He goes, gay people, he goes, there's 30 words you can't call gay people. He goes, you could work in a factory that packages fudge. You can't say fudge packer. (laughs) He goes, you could be (laughs) shaking a machine, be like, give me the chips, you gas machine. It's like, you got to see Sylvie in HR. He goes, black people have been working on the N-word since 1911. (laughs) One word. He goes, to get rid of that word, we got to start calling gay people niggers. (laughs) And... I mean, people would just die. They would die. Yeah. And then I would have to follow it, and I would always eat shit for, like, five minutes. Yeah. Because I'd be like, I just adopted another dog, and I'd have to, like, climb out of that brilliance. Yeah. And so I started owning it. So I started being like, man, give it up for Roy. I go, and the, the first time I ever did this was Cleveland, all-black crowd. I just, uh, I just went Improv? for it. Yeah. So I, by the way, for the record, Cleveland Improv is an all-black club. Yeah. Like, not, not just some. It is an all-black Yeah, and they're wearing a lot of, like, colors of teams that are red and blue that aren't around there. Yeah. (laughs) So so I'm on stage. I go, give it up for Roy. He's so funny. I go, man, I wish I wrote a joke like that where the punchline is, we got to start calling gay people niggers. (laughs) And I would just stare at them, and then they would die laughing because they realize there's no hate in it. It's linguistics. Yeah. Like, it's like that Supreme Court justice. It was like, I don't know porn, but I know it when I see it. It's like that with hate. I always... I've been, That's an interesting term. There, I don't know porn. I don't know porn when I know when I see it. Yeah, it's and a, I don't. And I know. I know hate. I know when people are being hateful. Exactly. Exactly. That's a really interesting statement. I know when. Like I've heard people say. I, like I've heard people say uh, outlawed words, like in 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 uh, business meetings. Yeah. And I go, uh, he does. He doesn't mean it like that. But like then you go, or even just at a bar. And you go, that's not what he. He's so much context. It's, there is so I, much context. I don't drop. The N word in my speech, but yeah. like if I'm quoting a comedian, I just have to say, I, yeah, because it like it, it, really it takes does. away it takes away from the grit of it. It's like when Obama on uh, Marin was like, was like, you know, people trying they're like, what you don't say nigger anymore. If he didn't say that word, it would have no meaning. Yeah, he had to say that word. It, I don't is, yeah. I don't say it in my life because I've. You know, I I understand that there's so much heat behind that word. There's no reason to say it, but uh. We got to start calling gay people niggers. It, that's the punchline. I got to say that. It's there is. I, I had a great. I had a really really great joke, like a really great joke, that the N word was a punchline. Yeah. And uh, and I told it. This is this is. I can tell you when I told it because because uh, I only told it probably a handful of times. And right. It was, it was when I first started headlining in Houston, Texas. This has got to be like. 2001 2002 and and it bums me out that i can't tell it because it's one of the funniest stories that ever happened to me you got to tell it i can't I really can't. yeah because i because i feel like i feel like there's too much no i feel you load, no, I, loaded I, I that word you. for me to even say it like it's like loaded, i said it's like a loaded said, word like I i'll don't... say it i'll say it i'll tell you the difference for me I'd say it the same way you said it in like in like if it is imperative to this story exactly I will tell you that right. I will say that word I, I, I it, it it takes it takes the the weight of the word almost out when you don't say it, when you say it and then the n word you know like he said you know and I've done that too I've done that I've done that mostly in my entire life but in this story when I tell this story to friends I had to say the the word because it 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 put the severity on it but when I told it on stage. It felt like I was trying to get away with saying the word, right? And I did. I was like, "Oh, I don't want that. I want you to know the severity of the moment." Yeah. As opposed to, because in the story, I'm not the one that says it. Obviously, the one that says it was um, is a black guy, 
but it still feels like I'm the one trying to get a way of saying the word. And it just felt dirty. And then, and by the way, this has felt dirty back when you probably could have said the word on stage and no one would have written a blog about you. Right. Like, and I was like, eh, maybe I, and maybe I just, you know, I'll keep it out. The other thing I was going to, what was I fucking going to say is, uh, fuck, fuck. There was another thing I wanted to say and I can't fucking remember now. Um, fuck, fuck. What were you saying about? Well, well, I just think that like, there's no bad words, just bad intentions. Because yeah. my dad, like, he's a PhD in uh, rhetoric. Like, that's his whole life. And, and, and so growing up, he would ask me questions, like, just randomly. He'd be like, what do you think is a worse statement? Be like, this is my best friend. He's a nigger. Or black people shouldn't be able to vote. And he would ask me these, like, things where it's like, what do you think is worse? Yeah. And and I so then I'd ask questions about like who's saying it blah 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 because that the craziest thing is context where it's yeah. like what does that word mean and like blah 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 that could mean something horrible there's no so it's like it's kind of like what's happening right now with uh, the transgender community we're yeah. back home you know a seventy year old guy being like like my my piano teacher got a sex change when I was eleven true story really? yeah I I had still friends with him now that's man Larry great. But uh, one of the best people on the planet. Was it a woman at first? Woman became okay. a man, yeah. That's one of the things that got me into gender. I was like, wow, different human with the same brain. So, and then I started realizing that, like, the pressure to know what is politically correct and what isn't um, is almost like a brag. Where some people are so poor and so out of, like, from an era where they have no idea what people are talking about. Where, like, tranny to them, they could be like, oh, that tranny's fine. But like that word will will set off a trigger where someone's like, oh, you can't say that word. It's like, yeah. I don't know the the word to say. Yeah. It's the same with people saying ain't. It's like, it's isn't. It's like, okay, dude who went to college, I didn't go to fucking college. It's, have you been listening to Jamie, what Jamie Foxx's thoughts are on Bruce Jenner or uh, Caitlyn Jenner? No. Rather. Um, really fascinating. It's really fascinating because uh, it's all loaded. And like I always support a comic uh, trying to make jokes, and you can tell, uh, you can tell probably out of all the things he's talking about, he's trying to make jokes, but he's also trying to make a social statement, and that is the media has been criticizing Serena Williams for looking like a man her entire life, and then all of a sudden a seventy-year-old, sixty-five-year-old man turns into a woman, and everyone says how beautiful he is. I completely agree with that, and I, and it, I, I, I do too. I, I find that to be, I find that to be racially. I find the media to be racist in that sense. Is that how dare you? I think Serena Williams is gorgeous. I think gorgeous, yeah. Venus, Venus Williams and Serena. I, I, by the way, and I've always thought they were fucking gorgeous. Like, and and when they were saying, "Oh, they're they," it's it's just the it's the fucking. I don't know what media. I don't know if it's liberal or what, but whatever media, media liberal or conservative. But I've always thought them attractive. And then everyone across the board was like, "Caitlyn Jenner is absolutely gorgeous." Now I got to be honest with you. When I first saw the first pictures, I literally tweeted. Uh, looks like we got our first DILF because and then someone <laughs> and then someone tweeted me and said that's hate speech and I said no I, and I was like and I was like oh, I'm confused because do now is she now a mom like because my, my wife would take would resent that oh to, and, and women have the funniest thing about Caitlyn Jenner is she is right wing Republican yeah. so all these like transgendered people are now rejecting her. Because I always find that not making a joke about something is the ultimate form of ostracism. Yeah. Where it's like, if, oh, 
if you can't touch like I, like retarded is not a bad word. Retard is. Retard's a slur. Retarded isn't. That means something that's underdeveloped. You can say that about bread or me. I that's call myself retarded all the time. Yeah. It's like to say you can't mock a group means that, that they don't matter, that they're not equal. Yeah. And that's insane. What's up? Okay. All right. Okay. Give me uh, – we're going to finish up this conversation and, we'll, and I'll be up. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you cannot. We're getting heavy into we're linguistics. We're getting deep into, uh, into it. What are, what are bad things you'd say about uh, people in, uh, in, oh, I want to do something. I want to do something so badly right now. What do you want to do? But I'm afraid of the way this will turn out. Do it. I can't. What do you – oh, I – Yeah. Hold I on. Mean, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to know where we are so I can edit it out. We're at one. You want to hear something really I'm drinking crazy? Drinking cider because I, I feel like I lost privileges on the beer. It, no, 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 no. We have more. I'm sure we have more beer. Hey, we go to the uh, garage, <sighs> fridge, and grab two beers. Yeah, thank you. I feel bad that I spilled it. Uh, they're green. They're in a green box. Yep, in the garage fridge. I. Oh shit! Um, what the hell is this? I got a top. Oh, that was all right. Um, sorry. I just got to tell you the story. Yeah, uh, and I, only because I don't want to put. I, I don't know. I don't want to put. I don't want to put her out like that. Right. I so badly want to right now. What? what is it'll, it? You'll fuck. You will laugh as hard as I've ever, you've ever laughed. I promise you. What was it about? Uh. They fucking. I'm cutting this story very short because I know she's coming back. They come in one day and they're like, "Isla's saying the n word." Bunch of kids. Right. I'm like, and I'm like. I fucking lose it. I mean, there's a bunch of parents out here, We're right. all, all together. So I fucking howling. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who's fucking? What's going on? I. And now a bunch of people are saying it. This kid, this kid, this kid, and I are saying the n word. Yeah, baby. Not the whole box. Okay, do me a favor. Just take two out, and will you put the box back in the fridge? No, there's not room. There's not room. Just take two out. Open it up a little bit. I'm in the middle of a story. No, 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 not no, you never open it from there. Come here, come here. Give it bring it over here. Bring it over here. That's where you hold it. Watch, watch. You take a little bit like this, and then you give this to Owen. Okay? Go get that to Owen. Thank you, darling. And then give one to me. And then here you can open it. You want to open it with you get it's a twist. It's not a twist off. No, Isla, I'm in the middle of a story, and this is a good story. Uh uh-uh. uh. Do me a favor, go outside for two seconds. I want to finish this story, okay? Go outside for two seconds, let me finish the story. So, I go inside and I'm like, I go, uh, I feel like I gotta get close. Yeah. I go, I come in and I go, what the fuck? What is it? And then I go, where did you hear that word? And they're like, school. I go, school? Who, t- who said it at school? And they're like, your t- our teacher said, you could say it about yourself if you are one. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I think that's the rule, but I don't like, right. how, how does that apply to you? Right, right. So I go, I go, wait, hold on. I go, who's, in, who's one in here? I goes, I am. So is Max. So is Carter. I go, hold on. What's the N-word? And they go, nerd. <laughs> I fucking, and so I fucking started howling laughing. So I was about to say to her, what's the N-word? But then in my fucking head, I was like, God forbid I've miscalculated this. And someone's told her, like someone on the, like, like they tell the story on the playground. They're like, oh no, you miscalculated. Oh, Oh, but like, yeah. And so uh, that was one of the funniest fucking things. That's hilarious, man. Yeah. And so uh, 
and so the but it's like it would be intent like like clearly she would she has no fucking she clearly she's never heard that fucking word in her life yeah like she never heard it she's never heard around this house never heard it at school right no one says it like that anymore that's more you know you want to hear like, come here beer, yeah because yeah that's when it's like an evil word is when you like well, I use it, like it. That. i heard it like that when i was kids yeah me too man yeah. And and that's when you're like, I never want to be that guy. But at the same like time, you can't you can't take it out of Huck Finn. You can't like make it like it never existed. I heard it like that when I was a kid about my heroes. Isn't that crazy? This is how innocent I was. I heard a, a joke as a kid, and it was like, Do you hear about Patrick Ewing? He stuck his head out of a window uh, out of a moving car and his lips beat him to death. And I laughed because I thought it was about people with big lips. And then someone told me it was a racist joke. I'm like, no, but Kenny has even bigger lips. And he was white. I'm like, I thought it's making fun of lips. <laughs> I have really big lips. Yeah. It's they like, no. Edward Pena's lips. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's what I thought. And then everyone was like, no, you can't. That's a bad joke. I'm like, why? They're like, because it's, it's making fun of black people. I go, no, but I know so many white people with fucking huge lips. I thought it's yeah. about like lips. And Angelina Jolie. Yeah. She's never been able to stick her face out of a window. <laughs> and my buddy Kenny Kent, if you're listening, Kenny, no offense, buddy, but you fucking have huge lips. I, I just thought that that was the joke. Well, just, when, when I was a kid, I'm old, how old are you? What, 30? 35. When I'm probably I'm, I'm, uh, 30, 42. Um, there was a joke book called Truly Tastes Jokes that we would sit in class and read to each other. And it was all racist jokes. All of it. It was all racist jokes. I heard from Greg Proops on Rogan that the Polish jokes were originally from the Nazis. Uh, yes. Who's throwing up? Okay. Okay. Would you do me a favor? Would you put this back in the fridge, baby girl? Would you put this back in the fridge? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> No, you're not going to just hang out in here. Here, go inside. I'll be. We'll be done in a sec. Okay, baby. All right. Isla. We're just talking code. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, the the um the reason that was was um the same reason. Uh, like that's. I mean, I think that's how people operated back then. Is to. It's just to, vocabulary. If you just think like that's that's what we we're taught, and that's just how you talked. I mean, I I grew up. We I grew up being taught to hate the russians we were taught to hate the town next door yeah we (laughs) were taught to hate uh tampa catholic hate them that was the school like hate there was a cyl basketball league where one catholic church hated the other catholic like we're tribal yeah it's like that's what people have to understand it's like there's a there's a difference between tribalism and hate Hate is like you want to take rights from someone, like you're less than me. Yeah. Tribalism is like I like people that wear a Buffalo Bills hat. And it's like that's never gonna change. I, I never I never um I always looked at the kids from Tampa Catholic as as equal to me. Right. I never looked down at them. Exactly. I was taught to hate them because right. they were our they were our rival. And so I'd hate them, but then and I and probably got in fist fights with them, but when you did meet one, you knew he was your equal. Exactly. Like the N-word, the reason it's an evil word is because it signifies a time when black people were seen as not equal. And that's that's evil. That's an evil thing. Yeah. So that's what that is. It's, you can't separate that word from American slavery. But, yeah. but you can't also say that word doesn't exist and you can't say it in context. That's just insane. What's so interesting. Have you seen Straight Outta Compton yet? No. 
There's a really great scene, and, I, and I'm not going to go into too great detail only because I want you to enjoy it if you're going to see it. Right. But there's a great scene where um, in Ice Cube's strong, uh, song, uh, No Vaseline, have you ever heard it? No. So ultimately, and this isn't, I mean, you'll if you see the movie, you'll see all this, but if you're a fan of hip-hop, you know all this. Yeah. Um, after Ice Cube left, NWA made a album, and Ice Cube wasn't on it, and Ice Cube, they made... They called Ice Cube a, ben, a Benedict Arnold, which I don't. I don't think he was familiar with the term, right? <laughs> and so in the movie, it's clear he's not, he's like, huh? An eggs Benedict Arnold, and, and so, um, so Ice Cube comes out with a song called No Vaseline, which basically is talking about how every member of NWA is getting fucked by Eazy-E and Jerry Heller. It's it's it is a genius. It is the end-all be-all of diss songs where they go uh, i think we're done let it just rest right no one bring it up again and um in it he calls jerry heller a jew it's the fucking fu- scene is so interesting is like you know it's it's i'm not saying like there wasn't bad intent there was clearly bad intent by ice cube but jerry heller starts going like oh this is it this is defamation we now know who he is. He's a racist. He's a ra- he just he just came out of the closet as a racist, and we have him by the ass. And you look at everyone in NWA going, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. They're like, "Who gives a fuck? We just got destroyed on wax." Like, right. but it's such a brilliant scene because Jerry Heller comes from a place of like, he's he's like a Nazi, and all the black guys are like. It's pointless to us. It is lost on all of us. Like, we could give two fucks. We just got destroyed saying we got fucked in the ass with no Vaseline by you. That's brilliant. Oh, it's such... Dude, Straight Outta Compton is one of the best movies I've seen all year. Like, okay, my hometown is Swego, New York. There's a town that, like, growing up, the teachers would say, like, are you guys playing Smear the Queer? We're the only town to take in Jews during World War II. Really? Yeah, of the whole country. 10,000... We had a town of 10,000 people... And we took in Jewish refugees because we're like, oh, no, totally. It's like intent. Intent versus words. It's like... Intent versus words. But then there is the argument to be said but of like... Is like uh, is like the the word gay. To, call, to refer to something as gay, then your intent may not be to hurt a uh, gay person's feelings... But your intent does turn out that some young kid who has who hasn't really come to terms with his sexuality and is figuring it out hears that that car that is that you term as gay that you say is lame because that's what you called it gay that his whole lifestyle is lame. Right. I heard that from Todd Glass. I really thought that was a brilliant. I respect that completely. Yeah, I respect that totally. What's okay? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. We're wrapping it up. Nine more minutes, and so no, um... I, I completely completely hear you. I yeah. mean, that's why I made Gay Town back in the day. It was, a, it yeah. was a, to show how dumb homophobia is. I was a closet straight guy in a gay world. That's, I mean, I, I'm passionate about not hating someone for an arbitrary fact, like skin, I, I, sexuality, anything like that. That's where I think, Transgendered. Where I think people who write blogs about comics get lost on the fact is that we're, we are passionate about equal rights for everyone. Our job is to make people fucking laugh. Like, we don't, like... We're in the equality business. Yeah, like not only are we not like trying to push an agenda, we're we're trying to unify people. Yeah, like I almost wanted to do a show called "Who Loves Ice Cream." <laughs> well, you told me this. What was this? It's just like where the whole thing is based on what we have in common. I think that non comedians isolate 
uh, differences where it's like this person wears a slightly different robe than this person. And comics are like, who hates traffic? Who fucking has a marriage where sometimes you're mad at each other? Yeah. Like, that's what we do. And in doing that, we have such a good perspective on the bullshit in society where it's like, oh, I this, this teen just killed himself. It's like that's because they didn't have support. It's not because of a word. I mean, a word is bad. Don't get me wrong. There's there's yeah. times there's context when you don't attack a kid. Just don't attack any kid. Just don't it's, attack kids. Our thing is, and I think this is, I don't know why I'm thinking of this with the Ashley Madison thing. But, like, that Ashley Madison hat came out and a bunch of people killed themselves. I think our thing is we have a problem with liars. We have yeah. a problem with phonies. Right. Like, be real. Be honest. That's why That's why we don't have a problem arguing the difference between intent and, 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 and hate. Or what, what is it? Intent. What did you say? We don't, uh, we don't have a problem taking the fine-tooth comb and going through life and going, no, 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 no. You'll never, you'll never call me a racist because I'm not. Exactly. I love everybody. Right. But you're not. But I'm also. Don't you dare say that if I that if I am telling a story and the N word shows up and I need to use that word to emphasize the point of the story. Don't ever come back and say I'm a racist because I already told you I'm not. You're the liar. How dare you? Oh yeah, I have a song called the Racism Songs. I think most people that even think they are racist are stuck in a fucking trap where it's yeah. like. The, the, some of the lyrics are like, black dudes with more than one pit bull scare the shit out of me. But a black guy with a cell phone on his belt, I trust. <laughs> it's about culture. It's it, not skin. Most people fall in a culture trap. Yeah. It's kind of like the Malcolm Gladwell shit where all the Korean airlines kept crashing and everyone's like, fucking Asians. And then they realized that it's because co-pilots couldn't talk to captains because of culturally in their language. There's like six levels of authority. So a co-pilot couldn't be like, there's a fucking mountain. They yeah. just had to sit there silently. So and when, die. Yeah, and so when the Koreans switched to English, they, they lived. And that's like, one of the, that's like one of the fucking biggest... That's just everything. Like It's yeah. about culture. It's not about skin. It's not about sexuality. It's about what culture do you, are, do you subscribe to. Malcolm Gladwell, it's, I, I believe all comics are more economists than, than anything else. Like we just look at the fucking numbers. If the numbers don't lie, then that's the joke we tell. Our mortgages depend on it. Our mortgages <laughs> depend on numbers. I said to Leanne today. I said, she. I said something about something. I can't even get into it because it's so fucking close to home. But it was. It's not. It's not bad. But the, the well, fucking. I'll tell you. I don't, what do I care? So the, the her and I butt heads in the mornings, and they can't get themselves out of the room. And what happens is Georgia gets end up trapped in the middle. Georgia's my oldest. It gets trapped in the middle and doesn't have a voice. And then end up her whole morning is based on her just getting herself ready, getting herself to the door, and or George and Leanne and I are just fighting the whole fucking time. And I I said like when you came out for breakfast, you were fucking pissed. And Leanne's like, I was not pissed. Don't tell me how I felt. And I said, I go, don't ask. And this is where I got shitty. I was like, don't ever tell me I can't read people. I go, my whole job is based on Yeah, we're predators, people. man. I go, I know. I, when I get on stage, I know if, you're, if I can talk to you, if I can't talk to you. Subtleties in your face that you may not even notice, I read. That's what I do for a fucking living. Yeah. I've been doing it for a very long time. And, I, and she was like, and she got pissed. I go, you just got pissed. She goes, don't tell me how I feel. And I go, I'm not telling you how you feel. I'm telling you how you look. And I go, that's the most important because you, you may not be pissed, but your face is saying you're pissed at Georgia, and Georgia's shutting down. This, well, I should not have said any of this because this is all family drama right now. But anyway, it doesn't matter because the truth is is that was the conversation we had. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, Leanne was like, okay, I figured it out. And then her and Georgia had this great fucking talk today. 
She's like, I really appreciate bringing that to my site. And I was like, in my head, I was like, what other skills do I have from comedy? Can I <laughs> apply into this relationship half-hearted and fucking throw in at the, at the buzzer? Have you read uh, Paul Ackman about no. uh, micro-expressions? No. Yeah. They, there's there's scientists that, that can beat lie detectors based on little things their face does. And I think comics in general are phenomenal at that. Because you have to read like, like just intangible things about energies of a room or like people's facial expressions but same with like hosting where it's like what can you say and what can't you say and it's on a predatory deep level yeah and it sometimes like because your wife is fucking awesome my chick's awesome and i've had the same fight with her where sometimes people their intention is to be happy and nice but their actual feeling isn't and we can read it and they're almost more angry that they're not like doing what they want to do where they're like, no, I, w- I want to be nice and a mom. It's like, but you're not. Like, I can see it. So funny. It's my I, whole I, fucking I pray life. To God, I pray to God, no, the person that said this does not listen to my podcast. But, like, she comes out of school. Where I'm sitting with four moms. We're about to go on a walk. We do a walk every morning. I'm sitting with four moms. My wife's one of them outside. They're all our best friends. So I'll be here. You'll, you'll meet them. They'll be here in, like, 15 minutes. And uh, we, th- this woman comes out, and she says to one of them, you know, I've I've been wanting to talk to you, and she said, "Oh, what's up?" She's like, "Well, I, 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 I took some time to think about it first. I wanted to calm down before I said it." And then our friend, my friend, like a fucking idiot, goes, "Is it good?" And I go, "The fuck? Are you not reading this social interaction? <laughs> Very few times people calm down to say a compliment. Like, and how she- funny would it be though if it was a compliment? <laughs> if she's like, I really like your show. Yeah." I was like, and I just sat there and I thought, and then someone said to me, and I, I said something, uh, someone had said something to me, I got into an altercation with fucking, let's just pretend anybody. I might have said this on another podcast, I don't know, I just don't want to say it out loud again because I know it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. And I said to these two women who were criticizing me for for who I was as a person, it wasn't behavior, as a person, it was my integrity and my and and my and what I believed in. It was fucking. I'm not going to get into it. They were criticizing me, and I said, "Listen, honey," to both of them. I said, I, "You don't fuck me, and you don't pay me. You don't get to, you don't get a say." Genius. And I was like, and I was like, and I was like, I'm fucking out. And I was like, oh, that's the beauty of being a comic is when you sign up for a fucking life where all you do is tell jokes, all you have to do is make people laugh. There will always be people that don't like you. And especially they didn't pay to come see your show. And I go, how dare you lob in some fucking criticism on the- a person you don't fuck or pay? <laughs> and by the way, it's like fighting a tiger. Like, yeah. so do you ever feel like bad for people that come at you where you're like, dude, I'm the best at this? Oh, like you should have come in this room, grabbed a mic, came out and dropped it in front I, of her. There was a guy. There was a guy <laughs> where I was like. Where he was fucking pissed. And I ended up talking about it on my podcast. He's a dad at our school. Yeah. And I fucking mocked him. And he, like, had one of his words for me. And I was like, oh, the conversation's over. I've already fucking used you as a bit. You're yeah. done. He's like, by the way, I was not I was only thinking about you in the funniest way possible. I don't really care what you think. Right. Like, you're fucking wrapped, brother. Like, right. You're categorized, bro. Yeah. You are now a fucking category. Do you think I'm going to become friends with you now? Yeah. I have a good bit about you. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do I fucking wrap that up into a tight bow? Be like, we may have a lot of issues when we're alone, but all our attacks that we experience as children make us unbelievable predators. <laughs> so if you come at us, we'll fucking win. Oh, 
Oh, fucking geniusly. I was, there's a, uh, I, I say, I say to, um, okay, okay, give me, okay, don't say names, don't say names, okay? Don't say names. I'm being dead serious, we're recording this, okay? But um, I'm telling Owen a story about sometimes you can have a fight with someone in your head, and but as a comic, when you're a comic, and Owen's a comedian too, um, you're so good at talking, or you're so good at, you're so good at practicing talking in your head, and you're so good at – you've been talking to people so long and you've been having people attack you on stage and having to defend yourself that you get so biting and so mean and so aggressive that when you do actually get to say those words, like how many times – do you remember – I'm not going to say names. Don't say names. Do you remember the thing you had like the first day of school with the, with the person? And I said, what you should have said, Georgia, was you're so – remember that? And you laughed, and mom's like, do not say that. That's what a comic does. Is a comic, and by the way, I should have never told you to say that, and please don't ever say that. But like, that's what a comic does, is they practice on how to hurt people, because sometimes we need to, in, on stage, we have to defend ourselves. Yeah. And so, do you know, every day, when I drop you guys off, I, I used to do it, I don't do it as much now with you, George, because you're at a new school. But what do I do when, after I say goodbye to you, Isla? Could you hear that? Say it louder. You what do I yell? I love you. I yell I love you at the top of my fucking lungs. Like, literally, I shouldn't have cursed. I, literally, I yell I love you at the top of my lungs. You're a very loving guy. I've always known that about but you. Like, but like, so the whole school can hear me. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to get into this. Do not say names. There's someone who doesn't like that. Right, Isla? Oh, I know. Yeah. Someone doesn't like that. And Let me guess a beta male. Uh, good guess, good guess, good guess. Georgia, <laughs> shut up. And so, and so, I uh, I found that out, and I thought, I thought, one day that person may feel a little a little wind at their wings, and decide to step to the alpha, and challenge them, challenge the tiger, right. and say to them, "Hey, just for the record, you know, you can't no more." And I thought I was I was crafting what I was going to say to them. When that happened, that person has no clue that I've been working for a couple days on a sentence or a statement. <laughs> My wife was driving down the street and she saw me talking to myself. She goes, "Who are you? Who are you fighting with?" And I went, "Uh, never mind." She goes, "Oh my god, yeah." But that's such a insight to our personalities. So much is that we will like. Isla, Isla, do not say any names. But yeah, but don't even. I know they don't. No, yeah, that's the point of the story. Yeah, yeah, they don't like me yelling. And if they want to, if they want to say that publicly, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah, if they want to talk to me privately. Do you ever feel like we're kind of like punch drunk fighters a little though? Like sometimes, like it's tough to chill. <laughs> like yeah, I, I get that's why that's one reason why I think uh, not to just keep kissing Rogan's ass, but like uh, the fact that he can go in those chambers with no He's like a different animal, man. See to me that sounds terrifying. Like I, I'm like Absolutely. I'm engaged in enemies all the time. So it's like to just be in one of those chambers where you have no stimulus. You're really yourself. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. That's why I have so much respect for that guy. He's a he's a real. He said to me when I first saw that chamber, he was like, he was like, you got to go in there, man. Got to go in there, eat a bunch of stuff, and go in there and really lose yourself. And I was like, I was like, no thanks. He was like, "Why not?" And I was like, "I that's I don't trust it. I don't trust what my brain's going to come up with in there in the in a in a totally dark room 
with no with with room water temperature room temperature water. I like floating. Yeah, he's got that in his house. It's almost like football teams are defined by who they're playing. Like yeah. fascist leaders are defined by who they're fighting. Comics are defined by who they're winning at mentally. Yeah. My, yeah, but we I'm, hang like, but but like the good ones, we all can be like such good friends. I've always wondered how that is because some of them are like weirdos. So I, I've, the, I've bashed I think, one openly a few times, and people gave me who. Uh, you don't have to say it on thing. Just go like this. Oh, okay. I guess I'll make sure two four fifty nine two four fifty nine. I'll make sure that if you can hear that, I'll take it out. It doesn't even matter. Okay. I mean, that's the problem is I because I'm always. There's there's very few people I don't like and and like so I'm open about it. I just yeah. don't like it when people socially are really rude. When it's like, hey man, then just don't say anything. I'm like, all right, well now I hate you. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I've never met that person. Uh, per, I met him one time and it, it was that I, that was the experience I had was just did not acknowledge Awful. me. Yeah, just didn't acknowledge me and I and I write it off too. Well, some people are weird. Bill Burr talked about it. I don't know if that's who he was talking about, but he, like the people. See, that- I did that too. I wrote it off. I was like, maybe he's like a little on the spectrum. And then I saw him when I was with a very famous person, and he was very nice. And that's when I realized he was an awful. And I, like, I obsess over this stuff. It's kind of like the yelling, like I love you. Yeah. But it's like I, like I've had arguments in my head for weeks about this stuff. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm. I don't get that. I don't get that because. I'm the same to everyone. I try to be the same to everyone. I try to be the same. I thought about this today at the counter when my wife and I went, had lunch. I thought this. We went to the counter, uh, and so uh, we went to the counter. And I thought, I thought, um, this woman that is waiting on us was she was not like the stereotypical actress. She was a, l- a little taller, a little, yeah. a little more like one of the bigger Kardashians. Yeah, she was a very cute uh, woman, and she was very personable. And I was, and I, and she left, and I, and I noticed how personable she was, and how kind of like almost friendly she was, and I thought she has what it takes to be a star. Yeah, she didn't look like the stereotypical star, like you know, waif thin, but she has what it takes. And I thought, I wonder if she's going to make it. I wonder if I was nice to her. I wonder if I was nice to her, like in a weird way. You're really nice. And I was like, there's no one that doesn't like you. Uh, well, yeah, but I, I was I was very nice to her, but I but I thought to myself like, huh? Could, but I always think that way. I always my old goal is to make people smile, make people laugh, be generous, be kind. But that's but I fall short all the time. I'm sure. But like, but like, yeah, I like I, I'm probably worse around famous people. I shut down more around famous. But people. But that's smart though, because they get so bombarded. Yeah, like I like I would much if if uh, say you and that say you and a famous person walked up. I would be probably focused more to talk to you, and I would never talk to the famous person. Yeah, and that I, I'm like that too, and I think it's because it's like good to do that because they get so. Or sometimes you, I think Chappelle's almost like the most sane guy because he reacted to fame like how a normal person would react. Yeah, like imagine if everywhere you go, everybody wants to talk to you all the time. Like that must. Be I gotta insane. be honest. With you. I'm gonna say this out loud, but like there was this weird thing that happened at at uh, at um at uh. Montreal this year, like in the Funnier Die tent, yeah, they had um, Chappelle. I lo- I'm a big fan of Chappelle. I'm not Love critiquing Chappelle. Chappelle yeah. and I can't imagine what it's like to be Chappelle. I can't imagine what the what kind of microscope everyone staring at the greatest comic that ever lived can be like. I can't imagine. Yeah, that. but there was this weird thing that happened at the Funnier Die party, and Ari and John- Tom Skur and I all kind of noticed it and were really struck odd by it, and it kind of not hurt our feelings, but it made us feel disgusting a little bit. Disgusted a little bit was they had like a 
super famous like everyone could go in the fun or die party that was comic or industry and then they had uh kind of bombarded off a, a, an area for Chappelle and and like and i think anyone really on snl maybe or anyone that maybe Chappelle thought could be should be in there maybe we thought it was Chappelle because he was standing at the top of the stairs right maybe it was just for who maybe it was a different room but like we just thought that's really crappy because we're all comics and we're all identical like, trust me when I say this, I have no interest in talking to Dave Chappelle. See, I think that I always feel pity for, I almost see it as like bumper bowling, where I'm like, I see those dudes and I'm like, oh, they can't hang. Yeah. <laughs> where it's the opposite, where it's it's almost like, I'm like, oh, they're so fragile, they can't like hang with the alphas. Yeah. And like, it's I'm like, almost just like, oh, that's sad. It's sad to me because I, like I thought, let me tell you something very honestly, and I don't know this for one or the other. I can't say for certain. But if Rogan was there, he wouldn't be in there. No. He'd be with us. That dude is the most alpha guy, I think, on the planet. And I don't blame someone for, like, like Pete Davidson was in there. Pete's a very, not, very, very fucking ta- very talented. I'm trying to do a podcast. I'm very talented. <laughs> but, he, and he, but he's also very famous. He's on SNL. So he was in there. And if you gave me the right to be in there, I probably would have walked in there, too. I'm not saying – I'm not I'm – not, casting anything against anyone that went in there i would have gone in there as well right and then felt good about myself probably but like pete and i were talking and there's this fence in between us and it just felt so odd because there is not a fence between us in regular life but like yet here it is all right the podcast is gonna have to wrap up soon but um but here it is is that there's now this fence and i went whoever did this is not get comics and any comic that gets this or likes this I don't want to know. And and I'm not, and by the way, I say this. Pete Davidson is one of the coolest people in the world. I'm not saying that him, but he was the one that me and him were talking over this fence. And the whole time I thought, this isn't how Pete and I would ever talk. Yeah, I, I think there's a certain breed of people that are just fragile. Where they almost like, uh, they need that separation. Because dudes yeah. like us are like, we're, even if we weren't comics, we're still like really good at partying. Yeah. Some people get really intimidated by by that. Like they're just like like I've had friends that are really good people that would gravitate towards that little room because they 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 just get really nervous and scared and and just feel uh I don't know. Dudes like us feed off that. And so if people, you told me if you told me that that room is set away so that industry can't get in, so comics could hang out with comics, I get it. Right? Because like, that, oh, I see is, what you're saying. Like, if you said that to me, I go, oh, okay. Oh, I it's like dividing that. the species. Yeah, but like but, us. Yeah, but it was there was like they were like big bouncers going, no, 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 no. This is private. And I thought, yeah, but it's, if it's private, go to a go to some another room. Don't do it right in front of a bunch of comics and a bunch of comics who earn the right to perform at Montreal. Like, don't do that. And if that and 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 it really bummed me out because I'm such a Chappelle fan. Oh, that's that was, brutal. I, I was like, if this is together, I, I didn't this. realize that you guys weren't allowed in the room. No, comics weren't allowed in. Like, oh, you had to yeah, be invited that's insane. By, Why would they think, do that? I think you had to be invited. I, I think you had to be invited by Chappelle to get in there. And that's what was being said. And I was like, I was like. By the way, that's not the guy that I – I don't know him per se, but that's not the guy I ever thought he was. Well, because he, here's the thing. If he really was that shy and stuff, he wouldn't be at fucking Montreal. Yeah. It's like just stay home. Yeah. Like it's and like I, if you want to be at that exclusive party but you want to be exclusive, it's like that – you're just – because I know people that really do have social anxiety and it's like they, they can't be around that stuff. Yeah. Then just don't go to that party. Don't do go. your show and go somewhere else. Have yeah. a hotel party that no one knows about. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's – I'm not saying that right now currently he's not one of the greatest of course. comics working. Of course. I'm saying like the greatest comics working, Bill Burr, uh, Rogan, uh, fucking uh, Louis. I mean I'm, Louis probably wouldn't just go to the party at all. Louis wouldn't go to the party at all. No. But like 
Bill Burr and Joe Rogan would never go to a fucking exclusive roped off section to hang out with comics. I feel that way about Last Comic Standing totally because I think that's like comics trying to be something they're not. It's you're not. That's not who you are. We're pirates. We're like we're let's crush let's crush rooms. We're we're just room crush. It's like what does everyone have in common? Let's get a huge laugh. Let's all hang with each other and high five and drink. Right. So it's like as soon as it starts becoming a reality show about like appeasement and, and seeking validation from judges it's like what is that it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense george where'd you get this like we're supposed to make fun of that stuff yeah it's yeah you, you and 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 i i can't imagine that it was Chappelle. so i'm sure it was his management or whatever yeah yeah no he, he strikes me like, as a good dude. he doesn't strike me as he's a guy that walks into the office as you're getting your check in dayton and just sits down on bullshits. Yeah, he said hi to me when there's no reason to. Like he's, he's a nice yeah. guy. I, it, it, it's some. It's some. It, that's some force at work. And I'm not. And once again, I, and I have to say this out loud because I really do like Pete Davidson. And I, and I say this because I've heard him on Opie and, and Jim a bunch of times, and I I know him, and I've and I saw him on the roast. He's funny as shit, and that's not who he is. I ran into him the other day in New York. We just bullshitted about going to get a beer. And fucking talked about whatever. So that's not him. But I, w- I probably would have gone into the fucking gated area too. That's, by the way, a, a testament to who I am. But, <laughs> but like, but I saw it. And it made me sick. I was like, I was like, it's Montreal, guys. Like this is part of the gig. It's is, sleepaway camp for comedians. Yeah, that's the whole point. I would never go up and bother any. I don't even know half the people in there. They're all on SNL and they're all like twenty years younger than me. But I would never bother anybody. Let alone would I want to be in a group. It almost would, makes you want to bother them. <laughs> yeah. Like I've now, I don't even, I can't even picture Pete Davidson's face in my mind. It's funny but just fun. because you said that story, now I want to go up to him and be like, "Hey, man!" No, Pete Davidson would go, "Hey, Owen." Oh, he's good. Y- he's very. He's younger than. He's younger than both of us. And oh, he's cool. and he's and he started comedy when he was very young. And he's like, I think more than anything, he's probably a fan of comedy first. Yeah, because I know a lot of like I used to like years and years ago. I I used to date uh, Christina Ricci, that actress. Yeah. And uh, we would always end up in little rooms like that with like little like that type of stuff. And those people don't even want to be in those little rooms. Yeah. Like they just be uncomfortable. It's weird. It, it is weird because you just be sitting in a little room with like Charlie Theron and like some investment banker and no one. You're just sitting there. It's like no one cares. It's it's the exclusivity sucks. Exclusivity is nice when you go to a restaurant and you're with 15 people and they and they they have a private room where you can say curse words and horrible things and no one hears you and you're and you're ordering loud and you're drinking loud. That's that's great. But like as far as like a club, I don't get the roped off part. The whole point of comedy is bringing more people together. It's not about roping off, and that's why yeah. the only people I've ever had a problem with in comedy are the ones that are like they try to play it like they're they're club promoters, and I'm like that's what I was avoiding. Yeah. I am this because I hate that. Yeah. So don't bring that energy to us. No. Like, like don't bring that like wait in line around the corner, even though no one's in here, and we're going to tr- charge twenty dollars for a shot of vodka. That's the devil. Right. So like, if you bring that to our art, I will grab you and show you that you're carbon and your food. Your food. I get off stage. I, I go you. right out to the bar at the club. I hang out and I drink with everyone. Yeah. I'm not different than you. I'm the fucking same fucking thing. Yeah. Now, granted, the day that I my liver fails and I can't do that, I will stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but until that time. Yeah, so my organs may fail. 
Guys, I'm going to drink my my Pedialyte with you. If I'm on Adderall, I'm out because I don't want to pitch business plans that I can't back up. Um, I have to go. I have a fucking yeah, we'll we call it. A yeah. party going on. Oh, I got to plug my tour, though. OwnBenjamin.com slash tour. I'm touring the whole Northeast. You got to hit it. Hit it. What are the dates? A uh, bunch of them. It's all of September and October. Uh, OwnBenjamin.com slash tour. It's like all these fucking dates. So you guys got to come out. Um, Georgia. I know Georgia. Yeah. Come on in here. Come on in here, George. Um, you want to plug my tour dates? Here, what now? Uh, Atlanta Improv. Here, where's my phone? You want me to be backup singer? You plug your date, I'll sing it. You ready, George? Okay, hold on. You ready? Yeah. Okay, hold this. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Don't edit this it's, out. Remember, it's always funnier when you're not trying to be funny. <laughs> well, can you not edit uh, Atlanta, this out? Atlanta Improv. Atlanta Improv. September 10th. September 10th to, through 12. September 10th to, through 12. Comic strip, Edmonton. Comic Edmonton. Strip, Edmonton. Edmonton. Uh, October 1st through 3rd. October 1st through 3rd. 3rd. October 8th through 10th. October, October 8th through 10th. 8th through 10th. Helium Comedy Club. Helium Comedy Club. Helium. Billy. We're going to wrap this up. Carter just showed up. Comedy on state for the big guy in Madison. And then uh, Albany, Lancaster, Virginia, Brooklyn. Uh, all these. Just go to OwenBenjamin.com slash tour. we got to get out of here. Com tour. What was the name? What's your podcast again? Uh, why Didn't They Laugh on Why iTunes. Didn't They Laugh on iTunes. Um, dude, as always, thank you. You're the man. This, this is, is the best. This is like therapy. I'm going to go check on my ribs. All right. All right. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.